Music lovers, you are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. 2018, kids. Welcome to it. Uh, I feel like there's a little little better vibe going forward. We know 2017 was bullshit. Uh, it hurt. It hurt a lot. But uh, something about, like, that clock struck midnight and just sort of a, a, a weight felt lifted. I don't know why. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it. And I think uh, some of our peers are feeling it. Hope you guys were good uh, during the break. Hope you guys had a great holiday and all that. Uh, we obviously took a break. Uh, didn't stay completely not busy. Threw a little show at Eduardo's house. Uh, got our friends Fonafor over there to play for his 40th birthday. Have a recording of that for you at some point uh, this year. We might play a track or so. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, but really just laid around listening to records and, uh, and discovered some music that we might have missed. My personal favorite that I missed uh, was Bedouin. If you had not heard that album, then it's a it's a fine little thing. And then after a few weeks, uh, got started on the grind that is 2018, seeing all the new releases coming your way. Uh, this month alone, we I think we have uh, some Fauna 4. No, we don't have Fauna 4. We have Tune Yards. We have First Aid Kit. We have uh, some Chris Dave and the Drumheads. I think that's that's near the end of the month. Uh, some good stuff coming up, and uh, and a new format that we're going to be doing where, uh, you know, at the end of every month, the last podcast of each month, we're going to be sort of diving deep into uh, not necessarily local music, but smaller music. I mean, I think we're going to start with local to our scene to D.C., uh, but more of a playlist style uh, podcast, because what we uh, we know this, but what one thing that we've never done is is just say, hey, Maybe it's sometimes we just got to leave it up to you guys to decide. We have fun talking about it. That's why we do it. But sometimes we're just going to let you guys decide what you think and uh, and be the curator. And then the real commentary, just be like, hey, here's the track that we thought was rad. Do you think it's rad? Give you the tools you need to like pursue that artist. Uh, not stalk, but pursue, like find out more about them. And, uh, and so that's going to be fun. We're actually getting ready to tape... Uh, our first one is coming up here in about a week or so. It's, uh, I'm greatly looking forward to it. But today, uh, we are starting off. What we do every year is sort of, sort of hash out what we want to do for ourselves, uh, philosophically, I think, online. And we do it live. And we, last year, I think we did it with Casey Ray, uh, who sadly could not be here this year, but, uh, you know, he's busy with baby. It's good times. But, um, but so Marcus Dowling and Eduardo uh, came down and hung out, and, and we cover a wide range of topics. You know, we talk about the, we talk about scenes, uh, and we definitely reference our scene here in DC a good bit. Uh, but I think the, the what we're talking about sort of applies to everybody. Uh, it is it is in some cases some very tough love, uh, but you know what, guys, it's a tough industry. Um, the uh, the music industry, uh, as everybody knows at this point, is is in some ways a mess, in some ways it's better than it ever has been, uh, but it's hard. And and making your 
living as a musician is also hard. Uh, and so we try to lay out some realities about that and, uh, and what that means in the hopes to maybe make it easier, maybe make some of these artists that we know and love uh, think about things a little differently uh, and like not get too, for example, turnt over you didn't get a look in Pitchfork. Like, what does that really mean for you? Uh, we also get into a little bit of technology, uh, a little bit about in, in your city, uh, what, like, say, responsibilities venues have to support local music and whatnot. It's, it's just a wide-ranging conversation about stuff that we always like to talk about um, throughout the year, uh, but we're just sort of laying it all out here for you right now. And then, at the back end, uh, a, a little mild spoiler here, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the perfect pitch from an artist that we got over break and uh, and you guys can see where we're at and that's it and that's what we're doing this first episode so uh, if you guys are ready you get your beverage you get your snacks uh, you're warm your heat's on hopefully uh, you're not outside listening to this and uh, and uh, you're ready to head on down to the basement let's get on down there and join our conversation already in process where myself and Marcus and Eduardo dive into 2018 the year that is right now Podcast, Mr. Dowling, welcome back. Hey, what's going on? And uh, you have a good break. I had a great break. I grew, I grew a goatee. Yeah, I suddenly sprouted like 150 white hairs in my face. Oh yeah, it's amazing. There's it's all like... kinds of facial hair in this basement now. Yeah, so it's, not, it's... not on me, man. Although I, <laughs> I, I, I had my sick beard. Oh uh, so yeah, I guess say yeah, because uh, you were you were like down for the count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We pretty much put down uh, put down the mics, and then I went to work for one more day, and then I was like out. Dead, dead, and, and so I had this like nappy fucking beard that uh, uh, I I probably would have got miracle at the fish show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm probably a lot of people would ask me if I had any Molly. That's <laughs> just so you, drug dealers like that and bad facial hair seem to go. You can attest, right? Yeah, lot, so you can go lot hand of, in hand. A lot of Wookies out there. Yeah, <laughs> Wookies. I love it. The Wook parade. That's right. Um. Yeah, and and in water, even though now, uh, given your assessment of of Black Mirror, I don't trust your opinions anymore. It shows but you're garbage, back man. Regardless, <laughs> you're back. Regardless, it's fine. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna go find all my fake Black Mirror episodes and read them out loud during. This, <laughs> during this oh my show. god! Okay, so it's, I've yet to see Black our, Mirror. It's our world, but iPads. Have are you not like seen babies. it at all? I haven't seen it at all. I've avoided Never. this black. Oh, okay. It's one of those things where, like, not season one, not season two. No, because it's oh, one of those shit. things where, oh. like, I'll end up somewhere. Uh-huh. And you say, like, I go to like the the Game of Thrones bar, or whatever it is, and it's always like the place. That's the place where I go where like people have conversations about like Black Mirror and stuff. And so when I go there, and it's like the most like mainstream place, and everybody in there is like talking about the exact same show. Mm-hmm. I'm either like, well, I have to see the show too, or I'm like, right. I can just right. kind of glean what the sto- what the storyline is by just listening to all these conversations. Okay. Technology is bad. Is right, really, exactly. Is really as far as the, no, I mean, <laughs> the I'm show aware. Goes. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm, I'm remotely intrigued, and I've been hearing a lot about this season, so I'm what probably going to... One could say 2017 itself was an episode of Black Mirror. Right. No, that's what I was told. Yeah. And, I was told uh, that. And so we, 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 could, we could get to that, but, uh, yeah. but now we're, we're here now to uh, talk about 2018 and, and what we sort of want going forward, what we, uh, what we think it should be, and we're going to cover a couple different things, and uh, I'll probably be repeating myself, because I'll probably say this in the intro, but, you know... 
we are going to drill down into like DC because this is where we're from, right? Yeah. Uh, but this could hopefully we do it right, and this is we this is going to be like your town too because I don't think scenes, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, I, I don't think scenes vary from city to city to city. It's just a stylistic. It's the flavor of whatever is is doing that, and so. Anymore, which we're going to talk about right, right, right. anymore. Back in the day, it certainly made a fucking yeah, difference. No, of course. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if you guys, you guys want to start there. Do you guys, where do you guys want to start? I mean, with, let's with, start. Uh, let's start. Like, I want to start with just the, the the mainstream of where things are headed because, okay, like, okay. So the big issue to me is I feel like the one record I was I was thinking back on like 2017, mm-hmm. and like I was looking at like you know the stuff records that we kind of like dug down here yeah. in the basement and. I was looking at, and then I looked at, like, you know, because working, working at decades, like, I deal with what the mainstream really, really likes. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, diametric opposition between, like, what the mainstream is really feeling. Like, the average mainstream yeah. musical listener is feeling it's not what was really good. So there's this gap between actually good music mm-hmm. And kind of like this, you know, reductive trap thing so, so that's happening in the mainstream. That's actually something I sort of want to try to define in 2018, because we're going into our sixth year of doing this podcast. Yes. This is episode 329. So we will get to, actually, because I'm going to do a bunch of, we'll get to 450 this year. Wow. Amazing. Um, we've been doing this for eight years. Right. Like this whole site thing, and so I think I'm qualified at this point to like say, look and see how the trends go, and right. And there was a quote that stood out to me uh, while I was uh, hallucinating through fever and just clicking on Twitter and and liking, liking, and there's something to the effect that it said, if you are going to be a critic, which you are, yeah, uh, you're paid, right? You know, yeah, Eduardo, you're you you are, but you're I'm a, I'm a, you're an I'm a critic fan. by nature. I, I don't know right. what the fuck I hate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it said if you're going to be doing this, uh, you, you shouldn't do it unless you can – your entire goal is to find the joy in this music. So when you when I hear like you say something like, uh, you know, oh, this is like trash music, like – It's – object. Look. Okay. Look, so, no, no, but I'll, I, I agree. I no, agree with I'll, you. I can objectively make that conversation. But, I can make that conversational but, point. What do you think we can do – down here to like try to make that objective fact. I I always argue this. Okay. <laughs> like okay. You can, so I'll you put know, it like but, this. But how do you, how do you say how do you say to somebody right. who really loves say Carly Rae Jepsen? Okay. Um and or really loves Cardi B, which um, actually that's that's decent. Cardi but, B's perfect perfect but, like perfect example. But actually, how, how yeah. do you say somebody who really loves that and that's the only thing that they love that uh that this is actually sort of trash. And maybe you should look over here. Okay, it's the it's the thing where you can make any song in the world now. Mm-hmm. That was me sneezing, but um, you can make any song in the world now that you want to make. You can literally make anything, and there's value in making the music that you are comfortable with creatively. Mm-hmm. And there's two there's two things that like peek out to me. When and you love Taylor Swift, I do. Taylor Swift made a trap album. <laughs> she really made a trap album. Yeah, she like yeah. actually did that. Yeah, in yeah. real life, I don't think that that was necessarily the most like comfortable record she ever made, but she made it. And then I turn on the 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 internet's this morning, and 
And that's the thing you could do, you should do now, people, is turn on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. don't leave them on all night and then see what right. happened. Like, turn on the Take internet. Take a break. Yeah, Unplugged. exactly. Unplug for a little bit. So I turned on the internet this morning, and Cardi B and Bruno Mars have recreated the In Living Color theme as a pop song. Oh. And I'm like, okay, so I'm almost positive that for both of these artists, this wasn't exactly the most comfortable exercise in pop music creativity. But it certainly like fills a need for the industry, right? Writ large, because it's an industry, and you know, like they they have to make profit, and you do things that make profit that you know, like are acceptable to the expectation of the greatest, you know, proportion of the marketplace. Yeah, and when the marketplace has been like bombarded. Which they have, and, I, and we've made this argument before. We made this with April and Vista mm-hmm. about how we've yeah, bombarded yeah. people's ears over the last decade with like every song possible, all yeah. of them. Yeah, pretty much all, every single one. You you like Bandcamp? Yeah. So you can go to Bandcamp and find every kind of song, right? Yeah. At, at your fingertips. Did it, did it last night? <laughs> right. So it's a thing. So when you get to that point, and every and and you have this like overabundance of everything. Then when you find like a thing like trap or a thing like, you know, kind of like this retro, you know, throwback thing that's cool because people like old things because mm-hmm. it's, you know, makes you feel good. Then it's like, okay, we could settle on those things and we're going to like double down because they're really easy to make because there's a very set in stone right. idea of how to do that. that's the objective truth. Right. That's an objective truth. And that's what I mean objectively where you could say a song is bad. It's when the creative process behind it, you could tell was not easy. So this, this bleeds into a bunch of other conversations we're going to have tonight here. And that one thing I noticed in 2017 more than any other year uh, is this idea of just by doing the thing, like you can do one song and if you market it right and get the hype, then suddenly you're a weird success. And this buys into like, you know, you just had the Logan Paul yeah, uh, thing oh, on on YouTube. I look. I'm old. I don't watch YouTube. I, I, yeah. I, it's not. It's not my thing. And I, I'm not against it. I'm just like. Oh, so he's not your favorite YouTube star? Of, I, I don't of the even many know what a YouTube, YouTube star stars is. Like, the, that, yeah, that no, whole no, concept that's, that's is, is deeply stupid to me. Shout yeah. out to the whole but, clan at Super Deluxe. But it's also it, it. it's also why Mike Judge was a genius because we we slipped. We're so close to full idiocracy. Like every day, I I'm I'm so much more hopeful in 2018 than I was in 2017, but at the same time, like it's because it's all gone stupid. <laughs> I can't. I, it's getting harder and harder to discern between okay, what is actually uh, this? Even though it brings pleasure to people, and even though it's joy, like is a show like Owl My Balls acceptable? <laughs> because we're we're getting really close to having Owl My Balls on. <laughs> Well, we and, in, and in musical terms, what that means is uh, I hate to, to like throw away an entire genre. It means like SoundCloud rap. That means SoundCloud in general. Like this idea that you are empowered to to make something and get it in front of people is brilliant, and it, it is fueled a creative explosion and tapped a lot of people's potentials. But what gets lost along the way, and a lot of stuff we talked about last year, and we'll be talking about this year, I think is now the the fight is in uh how all these people who suddenly f- are feeling creative feel that they're owed livings and and i don't i don't mean like that 
they should be paid or should not be paid. These are people who crassly feel they created mm. one thing and should be owed a living. Mm. So on that point, um, there's two records from last year I think that everybody should listen to again and again and again mm. and again and just beat them into their heads over and over and over again. And um, actually, there's I'll say that there's actually just one um, just because it's like the most like profound record that was released last year, the, the Julian Baker yeah. album. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to feel like you're like a young person and you should get paid to make music and should be paid to be creative and every young person can create right now, then you have to like dig down into the absolute depths of your soul and like put it on a table. Yeah. Unabashedly. And that record is like not with the expectation of making a living either. Right, but just just because just You don't have a choice. Right, but just for the cathartic purpose of like your creative passion to be like, here is my my soul and I am putting it on the table and you could buy it or don't buy it, but this is my actual humanity that I've turned into song. Because it's to say it's it's funny. I was watching a a documentary. I shot the Hezekiah on uh, YouTube. Okay. Hezekiah News and Views. Um, it's a he's a guy <laughs> who puts up like old videos from like the sixties and seventies and eighties. Mm. It's it's brilliant. Like a lot of it's like black empowerment stuff, but a lot of it's also just like cool older stuff. And he put up a thing where they were talking to hippies in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool because like. They all talked about it. It's funny regarding like SoundCloud rap and where young people are going who feel like they're empowered. They're like, there's this guy who says, yeah, one day I woke up and then I realized that like I had to get a real job. Yeah. And, and at the same time, it's funny because they, they juxtapose that with like Janis Joplin singing Ball and Chain in Monterey. And you're like, and well, to me, it's like when you look at like the Julian Baker record. It existed that same realm that like Janis Joplin like literally screaming her lungs out and like ripping her hair out and making real musical statements about herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that? But and I feel like and Eduardo, you've been look like you've been itching to say something, but maybe this will lead into what you want to say. Hopefully, I, <laughs> otherwise, I'm taking us way the fuck yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, going. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like uh, this is something that I've been noticing over the years, and something uh, that you guys in this room know that is a pet peeve of mine that I'm I'm just can clean about. Do it. The the idea of DIY, especially in our town, like mm-hmm. DIY exists in every town. In 2017, it is an aesthetic. More to the point, like every life is DIY. <laughs> yes, life it is. period is DIY. There is no such thing as DIY. You do not get cred because you're DIY. You do not get cred because you're indie. It is not better than the big establishment or worse. It is. Mm-hmm. There are bad people, as we found out, <laughs> in just lurking and not even lurking, just out in the open in every single aspect of our society, every business, every fucking entertainment. Avenue you could possibly find out. Shout out to Vice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Vice. And Sup. and you know, thanks for that opportunity last year. By the way, let's, let's, let's and, probably not do that again. And specifically <laughs> here, it's like it's it's used as this tool. But like, it, I can't speak to other towns, but I'll tell you what DIY means here. It means generally that you are a middle class white person because there are no lower class yep. white people in DC. True. Right. So there are no. <laughs> And and you you preach these causes like gentrification while at the same time you're gentrifying to get your own rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that I've talked about before, but like I'm I'm over it because look, the art isn't good and what 
what really tipped me over the, the edge here was uh, Will Toledo from Car Seat Headrest. He uh, and look, I'm not I'm not standing on him, but the dude made 24 albums and put them out on Bandcamp before he got on Matador. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what I'm saying is that's what it fucking takes because Katie Alice Greer, the yeah. priest, immediately responded because he he tweeted out yeah. he tweeted out how much he'd made off this off Spotify. So this and I'm not you know what, some, and I'm not saying this again. Oh well, I might have to because Tom York retweeted someone right, basically saying you can't make money off of Spotify. No, no, no. He uh, yeah, and, and he said he said well over the course of two or three years I made like forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and uh, Katie Alice Greer's response was essentially like. What the fuck? What about making a living? That's barely this, barely this. And it's like, and then what was gross is then you go into the comments of that, and you see people saying questioning his credibility, saying, "Oh, well, he's from this family," and it's like this, saying all these things that don't fucking matter because art and capitalism are two different things. And once you decide to engage in the capitalism side of it, you got to follow those fucking rules. Yeah. And that's what Will Toledo did. Mm-hmm. And he made art, and he made on his made twenty four albums, and got it to the point that somebody at Matador. I mean, look, it's all a trick. Yeah, he sold it. To, he's yeah. like, he's like, dude, you guys like this. Somebody else likes it. Now give me more than it's worth. Well, there's an important point there, um, since you brought up priests, which is um, they better not whiff in 2018 right we thought they had a swing and a miss in 2017 yeah and they basically put out an album but nobody that, else did that's that yeah that, that, well, well we're gonna get into yeah, that too but that, but, yeah. but but so but so now that uh you know they've they've accepted the the mantle of who the media anointed them to be yeah. right no so, no actually they've done multiple pieces since then to say that they aren't we're political but not political but it's political but it's not but they have they have no platform. They have no stance. They have no beliefs. Oh. They're like uh, 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 in Big Lebowski, <laughs> the narcissist. Oh God! Oh God! Say what you will about and, the tenets. And look, I hate yeah. to sound like because here, yeah. here's the reality: is both car seat headrest and priest are pop bands. And yes. if you like either one or both or neither, that's fucking fine. Well, yeah. I really, but I really do want a good priest record. Like I sort of need a good priest record or a record that does go, what people think go that get priests X hex or the do. runaways. Yeah, no, no, no. But I need, but like, but so, yeah, I think I think the you know we're in the tenth year or something of of the ability to make music being mm. completely democratized. Yeah, right. You can have yeah. a, you can have a studio in a suitcase now, and so things that you used to have a twenty thousand dollar a week overhead to be able to to create sound wise, you can now do for a one time. We actually are, yeah. We actually are testing, and, and we're going to talk about it more on another. So, Isotope, who makes plugins, uh-huh. is sitting, no, I know. sitting behind yeah. me is a Spire Studio, Ooh. and it plugs into this iPad, okay. which maybe you don't have, but you all have, definitely have a phone, and it yeah. plugs into your phone, and it gives you a recording suite in your phone. Right. Well, so Amazing. well, well, so with that though, you know, we're we're talking about SoundCloud rap, we're talking about um, Bandcamp, and even and even Car Seat. I mean, I mean, I mean, Walter Lito recorded a fuck ton of music. Yeah. And and some of it is not stuff I care to listen to. No, and, no, and, it's not. That's the point, though. Yeah. But so on the one hand, there's this great dynamic of like artists not. There's no reason to be precious, and even the concept of an album. If you don't have an album to put out. Like, that's just a fucking vehicle. Don't put out the album. Put out a bunch of songs. Put out EPs. Don't yeah. think that you have to put out songs in sets of 
11 to 15 and then waste my fucking time with six songs that are just garbage or filler. Yeah, right? because, so, because that's the old model. Yeah, right. And that's and that's, that's absolutely and, the old model. And and I think I think I, where I am, at least I was thinking about, like, what do I want out of music in 2018? And the two things I want is I want artists not to be precious, but I also want them not to waste my fucking time yeah. because I'm not like if you're if you're a four piece band of white dudes, guitar, bass, <laughs> uh, drum and, you know, special fourth instrument. <laughs> um, right, whatever, insert yeah. whatever you want, and you're going into a garage. Go, by by the way, Eduardo just pointing like, to his dick. No. <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag you're going toxic in, masculinity, hashtag 2017, yeah. hashtag and me too. So if you're that band and you're going into a garage <clears> or a studio and you want to sound like X-Band from the 90s or the early 2000s, <sighs> I don't fucking want to hear your music. It all comes down to the songs, you know, and, and that's a good point. But I think what the democratization has done and, and came to a head this year uh, was people who do that type of music think – like so, so the line with a bunch of people is like, we make music as good as like the majors or whatever. Uh, it's not true. Because <laughs> like, if you did, you would, you would have a recording <laughs> contract. That. Like, yeah. but there, is no, there is no mystery for anybody listening to how – capitalism works mm -hmm. you make the thing that people want and then somebody gives you more money than it's actually worth and then you spend in the record company <laughs> model you spend the rest of your career paying that back but you know but the new model is maybe you sell it to volkswagen and maybe maybe right. maybe american airlines because, chooses to play it right, right, land, right. damien like, gerardo, like gerardo, Damien gerardo like, uh, a song of his and i assure you nobody is scrambling for old Damien Gerardo right <laughs> yeah, now, right, right. showed up in a in a football game three times in a to, in a Toyota commercial, and I was so happy for him. Yeah, right. because it was just he made more money off that guaranteed mm -hmm. than he did off his album sales in the past ten years. So, I had a I had a conversation with Paul Vodra at your birthday party. Oh, okay, yeah, hometown um, sounds, hometown sounds, Paul yeah. Vodra. That's and that's I, that's who should really. You I know, said a dumb I said a dumb thing to Paul that. I think shocked him, and if he was sitting here, he'd be shocked again. And it's it's my statement about music in 2018, and it, it goes back to like the old music industry because I th I feel like the music industry right now is in 1957. Yeah, like I feel like that's where we are. It's the wild west. You can do whatever you want. You can go in a studio, make a song, become a hit, you know, overnight. Um, in 1957, if you went into the studio, you knew that you had to make a song that you could sell. Yeah. Two people that people had to buy. Mm -hmm. When you make music with that as the goal, it changes the whole process. So, and that's what I'm talking about: the difference between art and capitalism. And and we we are all but, but think, we are all in our own way artists here. And we are all capitalists. No, but you. And if hmm. if I sit down here and make a 30 minute jam of just like feedback and recording into the Spire Studio or whatnot, hmm. then like that is for me. I am lucky if somebody likes it and gives me money. Right. Okay. So, it's just... but for example, we've done th now 329 episodes of this. We have a Patreon episode up. Yeah. Of, that. of course. We receive five bucks a month from a guy who used to be on it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, so... and I don't, uh, and I don't tell you guys or walk around me like motherfuckers. Why aren't they supporting us? It's like, it was, this is just, this has yeah. nothing to do with capitalism. This has everything no. to do with the art. But the thing is, is that even if it doesn't sell, you still have to act like it's going to. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You still yeah. have to like go in and God, this is like my, my message to like 
indie podcasters and to indie musicians and to indie anything, indie chefs, whatever. Like the, the, the thing for 2018 is to act like people are going to buy this, this stuff. And also, if you're really good at this, demand that people buy this stuff. Yeah. Like actively, like we've gotten away from that in the music industry, especially where it used to be a thing when you would go to the show, you would always see the band on stage saying, buy our music. Yeah. Not buy our merch or buy our t-shirt or buy oh, our okay. this or buy our that. It used to be buy our music. Yeah. It is $10 and, and I'll say, in the corner. And I'll say on, on, a, on a smaller level, not necessarily our scene, but definitely on a smaller level, a lot of times you and I were talking about this today. People don't have music. That's a problem. Yeah, but if you, cause that's, that's if you, the thing. If you, have, if, you, if you can find yourself a gig of, of repute – Right. Yeah, that the people are going to come to you that aren't your friends. That that's that's your Rubicon, folks. When you go to a show and you right. like don't recognize half right. the people there, that's when you can start thinking okay. about doing so, it. But but yeah. but if you're going to do that and you set that up and you get there, you have to have something for them to buy, okay. and you have to push it. Yeah. So so it's that's the connective point. Like I'll I'll take this back to like I run an independent wrestling company. Mm-hmm. And we ran our first show on December 29th where I knew 1% of the people in the building. I was so happy because I was like, wait, yeah. okay. So we've gone from like the first show where it was like all of our friends and family in the crowd. And yep. it was like, okay, so friends and family, here are some, here are my friends who do a thing in the ring. So like, okay, all you people just came out because you think this is an amazing product and you, you sat in the crowd. Thank you. The one thing that we made sure that we had was that. At some point, I'm like, okay, you have to have something at a price point for everybody. Yep. A t-shirt or a beanie or a, or a soda or a whatever, you know, like you, you have to do that. And that's the thing is that, and then you have to tell them, hey, to support me for what I do, go into that corner, talk to that lady and man or whatever and buy my stuff. Yeah. We've gotten away from that in the music industry. It's the music, and, and this is the, the, the key difference. And God, this is probably she gets into a conversation about DC music, probably. Sure. But it's not the music friends, it's the music business. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, well, every, and in every scene in America and across well, there's, the there's internet. There's a balance. Right. But, oh, but, but still, it's, it, it, you, you, we've shifted the balance in the wrong direction. If you're in the music business and you have friends, that's awesome. Yeah. You're a businessman or businesswoman and you have friends. Your fellow friends may be music businessmen and music businesswomen. And that's wonderful because you're both working a business. But if you have friends and then you occasionally make a song, it's just like you say. Yeah. You're a hobbyist. Yeah, you're a hobbyist. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, with there, having no, a hobby. And, and, and yeah, to be clear. Of making there music. There isn't because like maybe someday you won't be a hobbyist. But you are a hobbyist. Right, but that's, you, that's what you're. But that's at. the thing. It's in order to like save the music industry because I've really thought about this over the break. Like, okay, so mm -hmm. we have to save the music industry because streaming is making all the money now, and physical sales are down. But streaming is saving the industry, and it's vinyl's like, up. What's up? Vinyl's up. Yeah, but 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 vinyl twenty percent. But okay, vinyl vinyl up, great. Streaming up, great. The physical like album purchased it's not vinyl like the thing that right. actually moves for right, like right, right, right. a certain yeah. demographic that's not like people that like vinyl records yeah and i know you love vinyl records i do know god bless you for loving vinyl records and i know you love what? vinyl records and I god do. bless you for loving <laughs> vinyl records but all my friends hate vinyl they they yeah. when when cassettes stopped being cool they and cd stopped being cool they just like lost all interest in buying music 
So the thing is, is you have to like look so how, at how it. do you get those people back in? You get them back in by literally saying to them, buy the music. Because people, because I learned just this. Just buy it. Yes. Forget about the format. Just buy it. Buy it. Okay. Jack? Because the thing is, is that, and I learned this from the TV industry right now. Like, I looked at my cable bill recently. I looked at my bill recently for my, my, my streaming portals of which I watch television now because mm-hmm. I cut the cord. And I looked at it. I went, oh. This is only $20 less than if I had cable. Why did I do this? Yeah. Because I just bought content. Because I liked the content. I'm like, oh, Hulu has HBO and Showtime, and I don't have to worry about having 47 ESPNs and and American Movie Classics and a Nickelodeon? Yeah. Awesome. Give it to me. The same way with like... And and I looked at the price point, I'm like, oh, it's $10? Yeah. For... Five documentaries that I'm going to really like and, like, three movies that I want to – like, I have access to Get Out whenever I want to watch Get Out now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so, well, so isn't isn't some of this – I mean, uh, you know, I think we have to talk for a minute about Spotify because mm-hmm. 2018 sure. is going to be yeah. – yeah, well, they, 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 they under, under cover of darkness yep. apply for their IPO. It's yeah. happening in three weeks. Yep. Yeah. And this is, this is sort of – this is – probably a make or break situation for them too from the standpoint that you know we don't we don't know they're not sort of following the normal process to be publicly listed so they so they might be undervalued it might be a scam in a bubble we we really we really have no idea right um i'm not planning on buying any spotify stock um but i do think that spotify is also currently probably the world's largest distributor of music right and it's not and it's not and like i don't i mean especially i think under the age of 30 yeah, like the, the estate of tom petty would agree with you yeah well, well yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they, they just get hit uh, it's important to know they, they also uh and this is why they got hit with this lawsuit because certain statutes run out mm-hmm. like in in the year and and uh, they got hit with a $1.6 billion lawsuit. It wasn't just Tom Petty. It was songwriters. No, I know, but I'm... It, yeah. it, it was the publishing company. Um, and I was talking with Daria about this last night, and I always, honestly, at this point, fall on the side of Spotify because anytime You can't blame a capitalist for being a capitalist. Right. And the benefit... Of what they've done, the, the potential marketplace that is created that wasn't there, yeah, uh, far outweighs the hurdles that you have to. And because at, at every step along the way, when they've been called on something, you know, and, and you and this is why Casey was going to be here, but you yeah. know, but when you get into stuff like, oh, well, they paid uh, publishing, but they didn't pay mechanicals, or they didn't pay this, or songwriting and stuff. That's not actually Spotify's problem. That's a problem with the way rights are administered. Ex- except that at some point, Spotify does need to figure. I think they do need to figure out a different, um, a way to facilitate the transaction that you're talking but, about, Marcus. Because they, because people aren't because like right. so go buy my well, music. That means that means leave the concert and go on to Bandcamp or iTunes. They do now. You you can you can actually uh, The Bandcamp app is great that way. You could it be, is. you yeah. could be in somebody's concert and actually buy their music. But but, but if you go to a show with, with yeah, 250 digitally. people, no more than 5 of the people there are probably going to take the time to go on to Bandcamp. Like most of the people at the show, they they might have loved the fucking show they just saw. All they're going to do is stream that album on Spotify. 
Right. No, right. And but the thing is, is that you you almost like, and this is to the conversation about not putting gobbledygook on SoundCloud or whatever. Like, if you're a musician in 2018, if people aren't buying your music, what what are you? Doing. Yeah, and but there's a different. I, I I think there's a different industry that's. This is a little distasteful, but <laughs> but but like people still go go into pornography, right? Oh, and God, no one uh, and no one, no one buys porn. I assume. I don't know. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> it's, that's just, it's right? No, but they don't need there, to because there are so many people they get doing paid it. by ads. Well, well, but, well, but there are so many people doing it that they've basically. You're um, talking about the scale model of Spotify, is what they're arguing. Well, well, yeah. well, there's no, there's no, there's no market value in doing a scene, right? So you get like a fixed rate for doing a scene, right? Of course, and and that's bro, it. Bro, you're never gonna. Week. What are you talking about? Well, so, <laughs> so, so no one's gonna be the the Debbie Diamond, right? There's never gonna be like another one of those again because there's just the the world has just gotten too big. I mean, but um, that, and this is this gets to another point about 2018, and it's, it's actually funny you say this because it weeds into something else I was thinking about. Um, every 10 years, especially if you look at like 9707, I was just thinking about this recently, looking through like stuff. Cause you know, I'm always, when I write, like these ideas come from crazy places. Mm. So I was looking at like the rate of attrition for independent artists over like a 10 year cycle. And this is the year because we're in the second 10 year role of this yeah, where yeah. people are just going to stop making music. Like my favorite thing in the world well, is when like coming from EDM. When your favorite indie bass music producer sends you an email from like the pot farm and is like, hey, so you supported me doing my music thing for a while. Now I'm making pot. So buy my hemp scarf. Yeah. Because that would be cool. We're going to talk might... about pitches later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's, but that's where we're going now. And, and well, this is going to be that to, year. To get, to get back to your, to your point, and I think, I think you actually nailed it uh, in saying that like, if you are making music and, uh, and people just simply aren't buying it. Stop. No. Well, not necessarily stop. Adjust your expectations. Yeah. I mean, the world is not obligated to buy art. Most of the world does not want art, or they they don't want complex art. Um, there's nothing. Look, there's nothing going to change about that. There is, and, and right now I'm speaking to the DC scene, and specifically the people who who talk about like they seem to think it's unfair how certain like they don't get coverage. Uh, but if you're talking about coverage and you're only talking about uh, your goal is to get in Washington City paper, mm-hmm. you're ignoring like. Uh, at least a hundred yeah. outlets that are willing to talk about your stuff, uh, but if if people aren't buying it, then you need to like adjust your plan and get to a point where they are. Or you can, you know, back to because this conversation is turning into all about capitalism and basic ass bitches. That's, uh, or that's you real. Can, or you can adjust your product and the aesthetic of it up to what the masses want. Yeah. You, but you, is it the masses, or is it your, or is it your people? Right. So, 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 there's nothing wrong in in kind of carving out your little. Um, I know I mentioned at one point when we were talking about forward-looking artists, and I talked about Luna coming back this year, so, last year, and 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 Luna, 
only wants people like me to go to their show. They're not trying to get 25-year-olds to career, like Luna. And Luna, and Luna, Luna got their yeah. money and they got set. And, and now and, they're just and, aging and, along with their cohort. And so, but right? they also and like, they'll all, die before we do. They right. also all have jobs. They also all have jobs. Right? And, and so they, they figured out that it's a part of life. It's not your whole life. And that's, they, that's they got the scale to... sorted out. They can they can they can live on what they can do with the crowd that they have. Yes, you're right, right. But, and that's the sort of like. It, but it's, but it's getting that scale. So for example, every every local artist, or actually every artist we uh, we play a track on here, I buy. I buy their album for ten dollars. Ninety nine percent of them are say uh, pay what you want. Mm-hmm. I would guarantee uh, that most of the people who buy it actually pay nothing because that's what they want to pay. Right and. So, you know, if you're, I guess, if you're complaining about what, where all this goes, and people not appreciating it, it's like you have to look at your fan base, and you have to look at the the consumers and the world we live in, and just understand, like, this isn't. There's, there's not going to be some like, you're not going to be Nirvana. Oh, but no one, no one's crossing over into. There's nothing to cross over into. No, exactly. There's not. I don't care. I don't care what genre you're coming out of. There's nothing there. It's just a big. It's a fucking cliff. Yeah. (laughs) So I had a look at look at our list before. Look at our list for this year. It had like metal. Mm -hmm. Had the fucking Grateful Dead on it. Yeah. (laughs) Had like (laughs) sappy folk. It had jazz. It had all this. There's like, we are very discerning consumers. I would argue there aren't a lot proportionally of people like us out there. Yeah. And that, and that's just the market. Like they, you can't, you can't scream and yell and, and, and talk about people not covering you and, and this, and you have to do this to get covered. When you make music that the masses don't want, you have to figure out how to leverage your audience and be comfortable. If your audience just means, Oh, I get an extra little in my pocket. At yeah. the end of the month. Right. So um, I had a conversation with a local rapper last night. Ah. Her name is O'Shine. She's managed oh. by my friend Dan Chamorro, a.k.a. DJ Pedro Knight. Shout out to all of them. Um, just, just We were talking about like the rap industry. And I was making the point to them, and, and I'll make this point on a larger level to like the DIY, DIT, DC thing. Yeah. Um, so like No Limit Records, Masterpiece label. Master P only got a major look when he was able to sell consistently $1 million worth of mixtapes out of the trunk of his car that he would sell for yeah. 5 and $10 a piece to 100,000 people within merely the state of Louisiana alone. Right. I mean, and so, that's the thing. People yeah. think that this just happens. It doesn't. No. Yeah. So, but to that point, um, shout out to Blight Records. Shout out to my homie Lindsay, who works for Blight Records and also does podcasts on occasion. Random Nerds, randomnerds.com. I right there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give them some advice because um, I like Blight Records. I like the people that work there, and they were the main ones on this podcast that she did that we're 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 ob- like obliquely relating to, but we can just officially talk about it, but in a constructive way. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and look, that's important. Yeah. And I will say that's that's important in any scene, right? So, like, yeah. if you if you try to do stuff that's self serving, yeah, no, but come out and like say listen what it local is. first, right? I'll say that. I'll, yeah, but, so I'll say that to them, and I'll say that to Chris at Listen Local First. I'll say that to Jamal at Uptown Art House. What I want them to do is we have all this commerce, we have all these stores, we have all these storefronts, we have a made in DC storefront now, we have all these things in New DC. There's no hashtag mu- new DC. Yeah, hashtag new DC. 
My hashtag. I love it. <laughs> but um, if you went into a store in New DC and there was like a setup with like Blight Records, buy this record for five dollars. Yep. Next to the next to the 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 checkout, and you gave the store ten percent of your revenue off of this five dollar album, say of Denmate. Or say of it's funny. Nag Champa, <laughs> or say of Dreamcast, or April and Vista, or any one of these artists that everybody in DC love. Paper House, yeah, Paper House. Shout out to Alex. You know, like if you had five dollars, you said, "Hey, new DC person, you know, person in your yoga pants with your latte from Pete's Coffee, and you know, you're heading off to like you know your yoga studio, and then you're." Go into your boring nine to five. I, I don't. I don't do yoga, but I love this shit out of yoga pants. I'll right. just. I'll just put. They're, they're wonderful. <laughs> put that they're comfortable. Prana, so, prana pants. Saying, holy shit! <laughs> but if you went and there's 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 one million people that are in the DC metropolitan area from nine to five p.m. on a daily basis, and if half of those people purchased an album for five dollars, that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I still so have a question that? about what it means to purchase an album, well, though, well, because people aren't going to buy CDs. No, not, you're, you're not, no, not going to walk into a store to buy a but CD. But if you told somebody that you were helping out a local artisan yeah, yeah. It's by still, spending it's five dollars. Have you tried to like give CDs or DVDs or books away? Like No one wants... Like, no, but, no, it's but, just, if you tell, yeah. but if you made it part of a larger narrative, and that's the point, narratives again. Yeah, yeah. Narratives. It's going to end up in a closet with the 40 canvas bags. But still, but at the same time, people buy those canvas bags. Well, this year is in a what, 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 what we want to get where I'm trying to go, I, I right? do. And this year is on, on sort of what we want to accomplish this year outside of just talking about music, uh, which I assure you the next podcast and everything going forward is going to be us <laughs> just talking about music. Uh, right now, though, uh, we haven't seen each other in a while, so we got to get the yeah yeah's out. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you have somebody like Paul Bodra, who uh, and, he, and he knows this, so I don't feel bad saying this, like, I think it could be a much better product. I think it, you know, I think it'd be better, day. but he does it every day. Yeah. He's done it every day he, he, for he put, six he puts years. In the work. He is at almost every show. Yep. He is out there. He is. We had uh, I tweeted out something about it, and a, a guy that you know, uh, Lennon, somebody. Yeah, Lennon English. Lennon English. Shout out. Was like, how can he be the best if he doesn't cover Jazz or Go Go? It's like, well, he did, and 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 he has sort of a point, but at the same time. Like nobody is cover literally nobody's covering everything. No, yeah. it's but, impossible. But it, I tried but, for five but it, years. But it and, is a yeah. thing. Like if if you're in our town in DC, or if you're in your town wherever it is, and you need to look around and see what's going on and what's important. I know what's important to me here, and it, and it's a, it's a different agenda. I, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, and it's music that's not in the city right now. But at the same time, like you. Like if you go to another city, it's going to be something radically different, and you and you you have to tune. But people you, want that. You people have, want like, localism, but right? But, well, well, they look want at, localism. Look at beer culture. They want localism. You want to go to the town Back to what I said at the top of this thing oh. is back in the day. If you went to Detroit, you knew what you were getting. Mm. But this yeah. ability to make whatever you want, you don't know because that music to see punk, you had to go to New York, right? And if you went to CBGBs, like change your fucking mind, like. Create before I mean, yeah. we're talking pre MTV, right? Because right, right. Right? think about how hard it would have been to find a radio station pre MTV to play Talking Heads, right? But that's it, the it but didn't that's happen. The, but that's the thing, though, is like so. Uh, yeah, but, the, but but let me let me yeah, finish no problem, real quick. No let me problem, finish real quick. Yeah, so no so what so what 
what is happening here, and I think in a lot of towns, and I think what gets people confused about this whole marketplace and what what art is supposed to be, what making music is supposed to be about, is that they think, well, I I'm of this tradition, and then I can do it anywhere. And in DC's case, it's completely erased the local culture. Yeah. The only thing that should be in DC right right now, or the dominant thing, I will say, in DC is jazz and go go, mm -hmm. and it's not partially because of the DIY crowd. Fugazi happened, kids, <laughs> and they were great. Let, let's be clear, they were fucking great, but they happened for a reason. Ronald Reagan, right? It was the it was the context. It was not meant to last more than eight years. It was not like it. It just. That that outrage was was from that, and and but what we have is people who are like trying to advocate for the arts and leaving all of this out, and not not just leaving it out, not prioritizing it. Like the clubs are complicit. I mean, the musicians, the artists are in many. They can appreciate, but they yeah. don't because, as you well know too, this takes mm -hmm. money. But okay, so things about DC, and this this is like applicable to any place anywhere in the world that anybody's listening to this podcast. Okay, so like every person in every city. Okay, so we have Donald Trump as the president, but nobody wants to get in Donald Trump's face because he's, you know, kind of like the, actually more evil than Ronald Reagan was. Yeah. So you don't want to get in his face and fight him. You know, no, no desire. Like Ronald Reagan was an actor, so it was like easy to fight him. Yeah. This guy's actually a bad guy, so you, you don't want to fight him. So you have to look at other measures to like find ways to like advocate so that you can succeed. So like everybody everywhere should just stop and look at their the the budget of their city. So like the budget of Washington D.C. is fourteen billion dollars. That means there's fourteen billion dollars in the nation's capital. If you're an artist making art in a place where there's fourteen billion dollars of money floating around, and you're telling me you can't find five thousand dollars, yeah, you have lost your mind. Well, more, more importantly, you're, you're it, nuts. More importantly, like instead of putting on a, putting on a show in a fucking house. Where literally nobody except your friends are going to go, and I I love the house show. I love them. That is that is great. Yeah. Uh, I I remember back to my you know rock and roll days, and you know I I just love that experience. Right. But the reality, instead of doing it in a, in a house, find the money to put it in a club where people will go to. And it's not even that. The shit the costs money if you if you. Make it attractive, and you don't even have to change the art. Make it attractive to people to show up at the 930 Club, <laughs> the Black Cat, where for a band that they wouldn't necessarily see, and people will eventually come. It might take a year. So people yeah, people respond to money. Like I said, it's the old Master P comparison again. Record companies didn't take No Limit seriously until, again, they released like 10 mixtapes in a row that made a million dollars out of 100,000 people in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. Which is an economically blighted place on the yeah. map. You're like, how did how did that work? Well, they found people to say, hey, you are paying $10 for this. You're not going to find it on SoundCloud. You're not going to find it wherever. Like, you might hear it on the radio because we're going to take this money and we're going to take it to the radio station and say, here's $5,000 along with this single. You're going to take this $5,000 and happily take it because we're going to give it to you. Yep. Do with it whatever you want. But you're going to play the single because we gave you the money. So that's the thing. Like, D.C. will only change. And this is my, my belief about 2018. D.C. will only change when the music industry in the city decides to play ball with the economics. Yeah. 
And when you could go, and again, like I'm going to use another a place that in my head is like the most uh, two places, the most obvious places in the world where you can change the, the the tide of this thing. Go to like Compass Coffee or La Colombe, where everybody goes and drinks coffee at <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, everybody and their damn dog. Uh-huh. It's like walk in, say okay, hey, so you're going to buy this cup of coffee for five dollars. Do you have another five dollars sitting around? Yeah, you do. Because you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Because you just do. You you you're in Washington D.C. You yep. just do. Yep. Like you're part of either a household that makes hundred thousand dollars. You make hundred thousand dollars. You make two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Whatever. So you say, hey, so you're going to spend five more dollars on a download card or a Bandcamp page or an actual physical CD on this band. Yeah, this and, and, and this is a lot of the work that the, 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 the people are doing, and, and Chris is trying to do with like music city stuff but it's it's totally wrong focus it is purely economics like what you're saying right. and that's what that's how it worked in austin texas that's how it worked in seattle it, washington yeah but i'm really Portland, interested Oregon. Uh, you know I, th- I think in some respects there's more people and if you just assume that like every third person under the age of 35 mm-hmm. subscribes to a streaming service yeah right. and they're and they're spending ten dollars a month so so they're spending 120 dollars a year on music, so in some respects, there's there's maybe more money collectively being spent on music than there was in the 80s or 90s oh, by far, yeah, right, because there's more people too, Absolutely. yeah. Um, but it's spread out and, across and more bands. That's it's spread out across yeah. more bands, and 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 the middleman has changed, right? It used to be the record label, right, and now, now it's, it's and now it's just Spotify. So I think you know I I, I well no 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 it's still it's always the Spotify is not the middleman Spotify I mean, is it well that, it's a, it's a it's Spotify's a it's the a money launderer it's, it, 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 it's, no, it's, it's a different middleman no no it's it's not and here's why because the people and that's what that's what that was Will Toledo's point until that point he had a direct deal with Spotify and he got paid a fair amount mm-hmm. given the platform given all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most people don't go that route. Most people chase down label deals or they're like, fuck Spotify. Right. But, but like, but so, so Spotify has, has taken an artist friendly posture, for example, of saying they work with musicians to figure out where they're getting streams. And so we want to help them play in this town. Right. So you should, you should play in these six towns because that's where most of your streams come from. Right. Right. So I think, I think there does need to be some, you know, like, like are some musicians kind of, entitled or uh or people who think like coal miners in west virginia who think yeah. well things yeah. used to be this way 30 years ago and I have, every, I have every expectation that it should be this way for me because i'm still in this reality right. that's not that's not the way the world works right. but right. Have- at, at some point spotify needs to figure out something so is it you buy a card and you like unlock certain hidden tracks that are only available to spotify well, on still- spotify to people who buy yeah. the card at the show Right? They do some or, of that. You can you can have like a narrated album, which I'm now after hearing the Jimmy Buffett thing, very big fan of. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you they sell physical product and they sell concert tickets now. So I mean, there there but is. No one wants the physical. Like I'm going to keep going back to that. Other than the I, like, I understand the point, that. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah, about yeah. vinyl matters that. because that's the one physical product that people still want to buy. Yeah. By and large, people don't want physical yeah. products. Right. So so you're 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 arguing for advocating for a different product. I'm arguing for the fact that I think at some point, you know, you know, Spotify has invited all this attention and Spotify needs to figure out some way to get artists on their side because they haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that all artists are arguing I mean, from a place of good faith. But Miles the, but, is on their side. 
Yeah, Carsten Hendricks on the side, uh, and 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 but 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 plenty of people aren't, and 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 there is and. But rather, rather than saying Spotify has, I mean, I agree, I agree. Both sides have to I come just, together. I just, I just don't want but us to it, sit it, down here bitching been, about musicians no, and not bitching about to, the people getting rich. But you have off to of, use off of a product that's literally every, you, like, like if you look around, like if if I if I walk around the office, uh-huh. every fucking kid, right, is listening to music on their phone off of Spotify. Mm. Okay, right. It's 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 everywhere, yeah, and they no. have access to way more music than they did before. And they know I like music, so they like to talk to me about music, and mm-hmm. and like and and they'll have a band of the week or whatever, and they'll exhaust that band and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. And so and so I get why there is some frustration about the idea that like your product is reaching more people than ever before, and you're getting less of a cut than ever before too. But you, I guess that's the point. You're not. You're getting your your uh, you're getting your actual true cut. Your marketplace of it. If if there are a thousand bands that sound exactly like you spread out over a thousand different cities, uh, and you're not signed to a label, you didn't get any money up front. So say you're just even going direct, the chances that first of all that you would make any money, period, in the first place, are, is zero. I think. I mean, it's, it's it's fact you, you would make money playing in a little bar once in a while and on weekends, and you probably do that for one or two years, and you'd be like, "Fuck this, I gotta like." get a job and do oh. it. But, but so I agree there's, there's work that needs to be done on that. And not just Spotify, like Apple music, like yeah, the, yeah. We, the, there needs to be a balance struck between, uh, or, or a, a marketplace revealed, <laughs> like mm. the worth of all that. Mm. So, cause uh, what, what, what happens is, is that people, uh, overestimate their market value. And, yeah. And, like our friend Taylor, like your friend Taylor, yeah, and and b- because I think if if again it gets back to you, I think if you've written like six songs and you think that you have a career and that you're going to make that and that's going to get you through the next year, like you're wrong, like that's not like people the yeah, people yeah, who are successful in not just music in life, you went to college and graduate school. <laughs> well, 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 you, part I mean, of, part know, of the point it, of the car seat story is like the sheer amount of work that Will Toledo put exactly, into, like, like exactly. it's, it's the volume, yeah. right? Like that, that, that has volume. to matter too, and and it does, and, and it's all sort of a, a messed up stew. But but a lot of what we're talking about right now is that, and the reason we're putting it on the artist is because all we've heard, and it came to a, a din this year, uh, was that like all these things are evil and taking zero responsibility. <laughs> For their actual like place in this so, artistic I universe, wanna, I, I, I just yeah. have one no one quick yeah. question cool, to direct, yeah. and then I'm, and then I'll throw right. it over to Marcus. It's all good. Yeah. I think I think I think part of my frustration here is coming from the fact that we just bought about two trillion dollars worth of debt, <laughs> and we're all going to see about two points back on that. Yeah. And Spotify, Apple, GE, <laughs> Amazon are all going to see thirteen points back, fourteen yeah, points right. a piece. So to, right. So so to, to so so what are you like? No, like, I'm, a, like, dude, I'm all for it. Yeah. In reality, all for <laughs> yeah. a fight club and love. Yeah. Like, wipe right. out, wipe out all so, that. Like, so fucking... at some at, at some point, if if Apple, if Spotify, if they actually <laughs> care about artists, they just got a major fucking windfall. They just got more money than anyone yes. than any artist they represent will ever earn and in the, their lifetime. And the person who will win will actually destroy. The label system okay. and make it and and make it worth it for an yeah. artist to go over and just completely rely on them. You just you just said the the magic thing, and I'm gonna go back to this again because okay, so like 2018. This is a, a point I had about 2018 to get the tight end. I'm happy. Um, music Nin- 19? 
2018. Oh, 18. 2018. The music. 2018. 2000 great 2000. 2017 part two. Oh, I like 2018. 2018. I like it too. It's solid. But yeah, so 2018. The music industry is a hustle again. It's actually a hustle. Yeah. And if you actually want to like understand how to win the music industry, you have to look at like all the rap labels that like came up in the early 2000s when the rap industry like stormed the gates because rap is the number one musical genre in in all of music right now it's the it's the ugly thing in the room that nobody wants to talk about was the absolute truth like rap songs do better than every other song Mm -hmm. just mathematically and 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 commercially and the thing is you you go back and you look at like you know again back to no limit records because i've just i've been studying no limit for like the last week like they use selling records as a means to an end yeah there was a larger goal. Yeah. Always. There was a bigger flip. Well, there has always to be. There has to be. And that's the key to Spotify. So if you want to understand how to break Spotify open, how to break Apple Music open, how to break all of these streaming portals open where your music is heard mostly, those numbers, because they give you the numbers for a reason. Like, people don't seem to understand that. They give you the number of plays your songs get for a reason. Mm-hmm. They they Spotify at the end of the year put out everybody's, like, Playlists like, hey, you streamed 37,442 minutes of music off of these artists. And these are your favorite artists. They give you all those numbers because to them, they correctly understand that for the artist, the greatest worth of having the streaming portals now is that you can take these numbers to people that will then give you money. Because you are giving them access yeah. Yeah. to the yeah. people whose ears are listening to now, the music. What do you think about that? That's just a that's just a uh, tweak on the exposure model. Like you can do this for exposure. And... Well, but that's that's the that's the point. It's a hustle again. You do it for exposure. Oh, like man, someone's going to create like an impact factor, like you have for academic journals for articles, right? No, that's and what you can it is. See, yeah, and so, so like if you were yeah, so have say, a composite algorithm of so like, like your net influencer score, and then we'll like another great rap rap example. So like Swisher House Records in the early two thousands. Michael, 5,000 watts, chopped and screwed music, all that stuff. They would put out mixtapes. Say, so like, they had, like, this this series of mixtapes for the Kappa Party series that would happen in Galveston, Texas. It was, like, Freaknik, but for Texas-related black colleges and universities. And on that record, if you were a fan of, like, Chameleonaire, who was, like, a big rap name at that point. Yeah. Like, he had, like, 47 a trillion rappers under him. Mm-hmm. Who would all appear on the Kappa mixtape? So you would have like Paul Wall yeah. and Slim Thug yeah. and other people that really didn't do anything like Lou Hawk saying, yeah, like I and Fifty Fifty Twin <laughs> and all these other random other people. Sure. But it's the idea that if those numbers that those tapes were, that those tapes were selling. We're turning into opportunities for Swisher House with major labels, which Chameleon got signed and Paul Wall got signed as well, some thug got signed. And, uh, then it's the idea that there's the trickle down there of you're doing it for exposure, but that exposure is directly linked in a hustle way to you turning that into a profit. Does, do, you for feel, do you feel, though, and, and I think Eduardo already answered this, though, like... Do you feel that that hustle exists today? Like we we have there's no a, it doesn't and it there, there's an outlet there's an outlet full service radio that just launched yeah it has a it, bunch of people doing content and look that's fine it, it's like no, Kickstarter you're you're welcome like people have problems it, with Kickstarter like we're all adults we can do what we want but the reality is that people are doing this and not getting paid at, with the uh, idea that they would get a, a quote unquote look 
my belief is that the look is non-existent anymore. But it, but the thing is, is that it's what, it's, it's non-existent because people don't hustle. Well, right, they don't. They like explicitly don't. What about what about Lucy Dacus? Lucy Dacus record like she, but she's she wanted, forced she's that album one out. In a million. She's one in a million. And she got out yeah. there and immediately hustled, and she's twenty. Right? She's one in a million. Yeah, or but, something. but compared to the shows of the people that have played like hundreds, thousands of shows, she didn't hustle that hard. Right. You have she to was just, like, she was she was really good. She yeah. got she got lucky. Okay. And she was in the right place at the right okay. time. Bob saw her and like look and look. Also, we're in DC. Let's make make this clear. Like, uh, I had somebody like disputing this. Bob Boylan is the most recognizable critic in the world. Whether yes. or not your music yeah. is good or bad, if he True. endorses it, True. you're winning. You're winning. Yeah. Look at Tank and the Bangus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Le- legit Tank and the Bangus. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is, is like, so you, you okay? So like, I'm going to expose Full Service Radio. Not that I'm exposing anything negative about them. I'm telling the truth. It's the truth. Okay, the the best thing about having a podcast on full service radio is that if you're trying to get your hustle on and get to another level, you have a gorgeous, beautiful hotel that Instagrams really, 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 really right. well. <laughs> right. That you could take your like awesome influencer person friend to and sit down and do a podcast with them, and they will just let your influencer friend walk around their really, 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 really absurdly Instagrammable hotel. Let them walk into the rooms. Let them eat the eat the eat Eric Bruner Yang's food. And let them drink a craft cocktail. And that's kind of my and blow it up. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Like that's part of the capitalism of it, and that's that's a very different economy than I think people, especially hey. if you go if you go into a DIY or a punk band. That's a very different economy than than you started but, out wanting to do. Right. Go into it, and then and look, there's no shame in getting that done. But I I am an advocate of like if. If you are doing stuff for something that makes money, right? Then then you should be getting paid. What is and I and I'll be clear here, like in respects to us, yeah. Uh, the only we, you guys are all volunteer in right. doing this. Mm-hmm. The only person who spent money on and we haven't made any money ever. The only person who spent money is me, and I spent a fuck ton of money. I mean, I'll, um, I'll, I'll so, put it like this. Like, so, but 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 the thing is, it's like. I'm constantly looking for ways to get you guys money. Yeah. That's my, that's yeah. my big goal you in 2018. You have to look at the flip of it. Like, that's the hardest part. And God, I sound like a drug dealer, but, you know, screw it. <laughs> I sound like a drug dealer. It's 2018. If you're not... But how does, how does that shave, the, how does that shave like, Jamal's aesthetic? Okay. Like, so, so, all right. So, he's, all right. he's making far out, farthest reaches of the universe, space jams, and... And now he's got an influencer trying to say, like, what does that, what does that do? Okay, so you got to, if you're, okay, so you have to, like, if you're making whatever art you make, you have to be looking at the flip. You have to be looking at the thing that you can do within the creativity that you do Mm -hmm. that can pull in the dollar that creates the flippable profit of what you do. Because if you don't have that flip point, you're just going to stay in a circle because you will just be creating in the same spot. Are you willing over to adjust your art for that? Well, you you almost it's not okay. So there's two there's two answers on this because I look at it every day because this is how I came up. Yeah. As a freelancer, I flipped everything to get where I am right now, and I still flip things to this day. Like I'm I, I look at Jay Z like he's a, a genius mm-hmm. for that reason because he flipped because Jay Z has successfully flipped every single thing about himself. To turn a profit, yeah, literally yeah. everything to the point where it's his wife. To, to the point where he's flipping his wife and kids, yeah, and and that's legit. 
And I mean, like, it sounds terrible, just God's truth. So, like, you have to look at your art and go, okay. So, of all the art things that I do, and I do a lot of art things, I have to go, okay, where is the profit point in this art thing that I do? Right. And am I okay with touching that? And if I'm okay with touching it, then how do I engage with that touch? Right. Do I say, okay, so, like, I'm a writer. And do I want to write for Vice? Sure. You pay well. It's like, cool. So like, what then will I, what, what part of my writing will I give them for that point? So I don't feel right. like I feel terrifying. Like, like, so like somebody like Jamal, for instance, like there's a lot of left field artists who do stuff like make songs for adult swim comic movies, which is and TV shows. The, like That's a thing. There are so many good, uh, instrumental and electronic artists in DC. Yeah. Yeah. The problem, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, that's not generally a thing that people, the masses, and I'll include myself in the masses for this example, like to just put on a record for. Like, don't, don't fucking worry about that, man. Fucking get on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, so like that's what it is. It's like, hey, like, I mean, give me an example. Like, like music well, is a job. It's you have to, but you have to be willing to say that point. You have to be willing to say that, and that's that point about being a hobbyist as opposed to being a a, a music business person. Yeah, is okay. So, like, I was a writing hobbyist for like three years. Yes. I was a damn fine writing hobbyist. I hobbied my ass to every single show I could go to. I hobbied my ass to festivals. I was hobbying my ass all around the place. Until one day, Carrie Mason from Billboard magazine looked at me and said, Marcus, how come you never sent me anything to publish? Yeah, see? And, and, that's... And, it was like, and it was like somebody smacked me over the head with a mallet. Yeah. And to tie this into 2018, um, they have a good example of an artist. Kamasi Washington. Mm-hmm. Kamasi Washington was a session musician mm-hmm. for his entire career. Mm-hmm. Not an artist. Because there's a difference between being a session musician. You get one pay scale as a session musician. Yeah, like, yeah. play the keyboard on my song, Random Music Man. That whole band. Was right. And then you go, well, all right. At what point do you stop and go, I am gifted enough where I could be a standalone musician and be an artist unto myself yeah and that's the separation point that's the line you have to cross that's the hustle that's the hustle of it and how many how many people can play saxophone in la probably a lot yeah but and kamasi how many people how many people went up and did what kamasi did uh you know a, a friend of mine's uh dad was a jazz musician he was in a you know after he served in in the army he mm-hmm. was in like a a big band cuz that was that was how you could get paid like the the Sizentner orchestra you yeah. could find their records in in record stores and and uh, and my friend uh, my friend Evan who you both met at at my uh, yes. birthday party um and at one point he asked his dad he was like hey so did you never like want to record like with a small group or whatever. And he was kind of like, no one, he was like, there was only like 11 dudes who got the chance to do that. Right. Like it wasn't like, yeah. it was a very right. Like, and he, yeah. so no, I got paid by, you know, to be in size Zentner's orchestra. Like I couldn't like, sure. I wanted to be in a quintet, but like how the, how many quintets had a clarinet to begin with? Or, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, so, so I think there's always been, there's always been competition and there's always been people at the top, like, sucking up all of the the bandwidth um 
And and so I'm I'm like reluctant to say that there's there's not enough hustle out there because I because mm. because because there may be or there may not be, um and and I think that uh I don't think that I don't think that the people making it to the top are less hustly today than they used to be twenty like like I'm I don't like, I don't think they're working less hard today than they were twenty I'm years make ago. A terrifying point about hustle. Possibly quite the opposite. Possibly like in the nineteen nineties, all it took was David Geffen to love your band and boom you were Nirvana. Well that's what it was. You didn't right? get the hustle the, <laughs> like, the, the, the hustle over the the line that yeah. you had to hustle over was very short. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it was like okay. okay you just had to jump the broom basically for for lack of a better analogy. So like in my head the idea, and, and Kevin has just stepped out, so it'll just be That's Eduardo okay. and I it's now, a, and this is awesome. It's a two-man. Awesome. Two so this, this is Ed and I. So um, the thing that always got me when I think about this is like, um, so you say like you, you, take a, you take an artist, and, okay, so this is the point I wanted to make. It just came back to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you take an artist like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is, is, has eclipsed Jay-Z. In being the best hustler in music, she's the best person at flipping profit yeah. in the music industry right now. And the thing is, is that because she was not a drug, and this is the point about Taylor Swift and getting involved in rap uh-huh. that uh-huh. I had to make earlier about the Kanye thing on the, the Taylor Swift podcast. Yeah, she doesn't have a drug dealer on her team, so she didn't learn the lesson about like how I hear, to. I like hear her parents move, are tough, but right, and how to like move weight in a way that you don't yeah. like. Right. oversell your marketplace right right so like what happened to her with the with her concert tour uh-huh. is a prime example of like when you flood the marketplace with too much dope and then you're sitting there and you're just like oh i got like 40 keys of heroin in my <laughs> in my back pocket and right. i can't do anything with it and i'm just stuck and that's kind of where taylor is right now and i mean she hustles well she's probably the best but she doesn't understand like the marketplace aspect of it and how to not flood your marketplace and how to not give your marketplace too much of a fucking good thing. Yeah. And, and that's the trouble of it. I, 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 yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of, I mean, I mean, going from 40,000 seat venues to 80 plus thousand is, is quite a jump. I don't, I I think, I think we just may not be, uh, we may not live in the era of any artist who's been around for less than, 10 or 15 years, you know, like you two can still do an arena tour, but even then it's not like, like you two isn't necessarily going to sell out FedEx field in a day or two. Like right. it might take a few weeks. They'll get there eventually. Yeah, I'm going to take a price right. of $400. Right. Right. I was making. Well, look, uh, can, can we, can we get off like sort of the scene or scenes and yeah, talk no, about yeah, that? Yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, go somewhere. We moved off of that when you went upstairs. Okay. Okay, good. Got you. Because, because, uh, another thing that I, I have uh, watched in our city is as new DC creeps in. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, look, there's no escaping this. It's how it's how we how we build within it, like what we can do to tunnel in and keep little pockets of it or not. Like figure out, and you're doing <laughs> a, a large portion of the work. Too much, um, but <laughs> but we've seen a, 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 a legendary club turn into Live Nation. And uh, and which look capitalism? Yeah. Fuck it! Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is all this is all set, I, I this am, is all IMP, set out of love. No, we'll just say it. IMP is on a whole other level right now. Yeah, like IMP controls fifteen to 
15 to 50,000 seats at any given time yeah. in the nation's capital. And it's too much. And that's, that's what I was getting to. It's like, 50, yeah. we, if, we, if you look at, we if, have, you, if you count have, Verizon, it's 50,000 tickets. If you, if you go to Richmond, you have like little shitty venues, and that's good, and people can afford to do them. You just can't afford to do that here. So what we have here, we have the number of venues has grown, but it it's almost each one is like a prestige thing. And I, I, even Rock and Roll Hotel, mm-hmm. as much as I hate to admit, Rock and Roll Hotel can't exist without those two floors of bars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like right? Steve Lambert yeah. turning that profit. That, yeah, that, I mean, they, yeah. They, they, that's, the profit that's, that's, margin that's genius. Work. But but in other towns, it Same actually, DC in other towns that support music, like, you don't have to have that because the rent isn't, you know, a million dollars a month or whatever the hell right, it is. Right, But, yo, you like vodka soda? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I tried it. I tried it. I didn't, I didn't really understand that. But, uh, you know, millennials and all that. I, but... My thing about watching this city evolve on that front is that, uh, you know, we have small rooms like Songbird now, uh, but, and DC9 has always been great, but it, it's, it's a trend to like, the, 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 people can't take risks anymore. And, mm. and, which is some of that, is, some of that I, I'm sure yeah. you guys feel that some of that is just, we're just getting older. Right, mm. but some of it is like I was telling you. I I looked at for shows that I would be interested in as a musical omnivore, mm-hmm. which, and I haven't found one until March. Right, we had that conversation. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and that's actually only because they're a friend of mine. <laughs> so, so God, so you know, but that's but that's okay. That's that's a sort of uh, that's sort okay, of like, but a, like uh, your Snoke and Kylo Ren is saying uh, let <laughs> let the past go, kill it if you I must. Mean, well, yeah, it, it can be okay, and, and you know, but like if you go to a club, not not necessarily a place like Songbird, but you go to other places, you know, when it's a twenty five dollar ticket for somebody you haven't heard of, like that's prohibitive. Yeah. Yes, but I think that the thing you have to do is that again, it's a hustle. You have to come into the room. So, like, again, got to use another rap corollary because, again, I, I just want to make sure that we, we you bring all the rap stuff into yeah. the room because that's those, I, all the I, answers I, I are wanna, there. I want to talk about rap in in the, in the age of Trump. Yeah, in all a the rap, all the all the answers are in rap. So, like, Jay Z and Rockefeller Records. Jay Z couldn't get signed to Def Jam initially, so he's like, "All right, I'm going to create my own label called Rockefeller Records." And the idea of Rockefeller was like, "Okay." So if we can't get mainstream labels to give us the time of day, we will literally have the amount of money in hand via whatever means, legal, illegal, whatever, necessary to have the money to walk up to the front door and to shake the, 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 the wallet in the face of the promoter. In the face of the venue operator. Well, that's interesting because we've actually talked about this, and we've talked about we've talked about uh, us putting on shows. Yeah, I mean, but that's and what you have to do. We sort of did yeah. for your fortieth birthday. We did that, yeah, right. yeah. literally. And, and this is you, something I mean, we talk- you all did. I just showed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's something we, we talked about. We did about, that. We yeah. put on a we talked, put on a show. Talked for, about for a long time. Yeah. Uh, doing and but it's the way we want to do it, and it, and it's uh, I was talking to a local club. Uh, we may end up doing something there, but I was talking to a local club, and like they were really slow in the uptake of of getting me even just basic numbers. And I was like, okay. And not understanding. And look, I'm not a promoter. I don't know this world, but that is, I think how you promote arts. Right. You literally in, in have to walk 2018 the going forward. You have to, you have to have the commitment and it might, it's, if you own a venue, you have overhead. 
I'm sorry. No, like, it's real. Like, and, and there's especially real now. Especially real in DC. Like, yeah. uh, is, is DC real estate higher than San Francisco? No, no, it's San Francisco. No, we're, no, we're, no, it's yet. close. It's so, close. Something like two thirds of transactions in San Francisco are for over. Like, like I think, I think the median, the fiftieth percentile, is over a million dollars. But San we Francisco. were we were creeping DC, up on it the last. We're, yeah. we're at about oh. twenty eight, thirty two percent, or yeah, something so like that. Yeah, really, two thirds their way there. So, but yeah. So, but the struggle is real, is what I'm saying for business owners, and and bless them for doing the work of of staying open. Shout out to Joe Lapid, a songbird. Yeah, especially yeah. that. Appreciate but he figured you. out a formula. He's like, a music venue isn't going to do it. A regu- record shop isn't going to do it. A bar isn't going to do it. Man, I just wing- put them all three. Those wings are money. Yes, <laughs> we find a lot of shit at that record those shop. Those wings are money, though, but, and that coffee is money. Right, right, but it's beautiful. But but there seems to be no avenue, and this was back to what I was talking about. Stop playing in houses, of going to a place like nine thirty. Like if we wanted to do a showcase at nine thirty club, I can't. I can't even begin to imagine how much it would cost just to like get right. the thing. Yeah. And and the conversations that I've had with we people, would need not, an influencer or a benefactor, right? Well, <laughs> the conversations I've had not not necessarily with them, but with other people, it never gets back to like this is about the artist. Because our goal is like, uh, we just want to fucking pay the artist, right? And so, use your room. Uh, it, it, can we do that? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like as an exa- yeah. like as an example, if Modi from Selectra were in this room right now, he'd talk about the fact that he put on Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's first show in DC mm-hmm. was at the Nine Thirty Club, and it was a Selectra showcase. Yep. And the only way that, that happened was he could he literally had to go to IMP and be like, "Here is Kendrick Lamar, yeah, and here are all of my social media numbers, yeah." Kendrick Lamar, who's next? Everybody knows. But, 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 but all of my but social still media had, And without knowing the numbers, it still had to have been like prohibitively expensive. Right, but then, but that's when also he has to go, I used to work at Def Jam. I know people at Complex. I know people that yeah. are willing to do yeah. the work yeah. to make this financially advantageous right. for you. Yeah, because it, I mean, it's, it's just always about taking risks. And a good booker takes the best risks right and that's why a venue like say cbgb's gets a reputation right but we don't have that but the thing is that billy crystal was a maniac he was but he (laughs) but he but he was also he was like every whatever goes like and his bottom line wasn't right but he was also in the lower east side of new york city in the early 1970s when i mean you know when people were different conditions right completely but like so like we've 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 lost that in the favor of pure capitalism and 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 like, it's a huge problem as far as seeing live music, uh, and like I don't know, I don't know the fix. No, here's what. Okay, yeah. so I'll give you a, an example of the fix. Is like, because I'm not paying forty five bucks to go see Warren Drugs at the fucking no, anthem. Real, real, real talk. The realest thing in the world is that Rare Essence and Junkyard Band have played U Street Music Hall mm-hmm. in the last three months. Like, Junk Show is on the sixth of January, so it'll be. I guess it'll be tomorrow. Like, tomorrow no, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. They're playing U Street Music Hall Saturday. There's go. There's a go go show. Yeah. At U Street Music Hall on Saturday, young. and there's and there's and Rare Essence played at U Street Music Hall two months prior, because somebody walked up to the front door of U Street Music Hall and said, "Here is the money." Yeah. Where did the money come from? Here's the money. Um, they put on a show with. Essence at Junkyard in UCB and Backyard at Echo Stage. 
and filled out 3,000 people in the lower bowl of Echo Stage. Mm -hmm. All because they could walk up, like the promoter walked up and said, here is the money. Yeah. So how do we how do we convince how, how do we so the way to do convince it, the entertainment leaders uh, in quotes in this town to like get down with that how how do we get go, uh, go how, to how, your, how do we how do we talk to like Seth at nine thirty club and say hey man what if once a month you did a jazz showcase if you if you could walk up to him and put down a and put down half the deposit on the venue and why yeah, does I, he not I, have I, a responsibility to that well he doesn't have a responsibility to it because nobody thinks that they can. Yeah, I, and that's and that's the point. That's the I guess that's the I don't mean to cut you off, but that's no, no. the empowerment point here. So I know people are listening. I feel like people at this point are listening to this podcast. Yeah, sure. So the empowerment point is, God, every single small business person in Washington D.C. loves music because every single yep. small business you go into in Washington D.C. plays music on their Sonos Bose, yep, super expensive poly surround sound system. You go to these people and you say. Hey, we want to do a show at the 930 Club. We'll serve your ice cream, eat your pies, you know, sell your delicious pizza, whatever. You know, sell your dresses, whatever you do. If you just put X amount of dollars on the table so that we walk up to Seth Hurwitz's office, yeah. we have a check that we could give him that says, this is half of the deposit on the venue for X night. You know better than this than, than I do. That what has gotten lost, and, and we're picking on Seth a little bit, but like you'd say in everybody, that they don't see the the social goodwill, the benefit of actually just doing this, of taking it on themselves. But I don't because, think... Because, because, because... You, rents, I, no, I think, I, think, I think you're asking a lot of people running a business that, uh, especially because this is not a town, and I think Joe Lappin made this point one of the first times he was on here, mm -hmm which is that I think he was contrasting D.C. to New Orleans from the standpoint of people in New Orleans, it's just a normal thing to do yeah, to yeah. go out and see live music. Right, yeah, absolutely. It's sort of like every third time you go out, it's to see live music. It right. doesn't matter if you know the musician or not, right? right? It's just sort of... What you do. Um, right. Here, what you get is you get these, like, you're sort of like anthem-type artists now, which, thank God, are going to be out of the 930 Club. Um, but, but, you know, you would get these shows that would sell out in Shout a matter of killers. hours at the 930 Club, and you would get these fucking wasted people for whom it's it's a show, but it's also a Friday night, and they get wasted every Friday night, and so they're going to do that every Friday night right. and take yeah. pictures and talk to their friends and... ZZ and, Top show and network. was amazing at the 930 Club because <laughs> half the people there didn't know who ZZ Top were. The hundred and fifty dollar ticket, and yeah. half the people didn't know who Beautiful. they fucking were. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's some bullshit here where people go out to shows to like network, like, yeah. and not for, with like artists, but to like <laughs> take like clients or to deal. or to meet so and so or or hear so and so who also works at commerce. You guys should talk. Like, yeah, but venues are complicit in that too. So yeah, it, it's just I I just I just don't know that I don't like like if I owned a venue I don't know that I would think I should take a loss for the good of the community, okay, but so. I would want to figure What's out. The, a way, a way to have so, a lower margin here's the, offering that would that would allow me to do something. Here's the, the right. crazy part about DC right now is that DC operates on profit. Yeah. Every other city in America, major city, Chicago, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, uh gosh, cities other cities I've been to, Kansas City. Um, Houston is the fastest growing city in America. Right. But at the same time, all those cities operate on loss. Mm. All those cities operate at a loss. Like the level of loss that like Chicago, for instance, is running at 
they almost lost like a couple of small independent venues two mm. years ago because they operate on loss. Like it's the idea that, okay, we're going to lose $2 billion this year. Cool. We'll make it up in tourism. We'll make it up somewhere and we'll just cut it. We'll, we'll barely break even. But then when, you know, economic depression happens, you don't break even and you're like, oh, God, this operator right, loss right, notion right, right. doesn't. Right. But Washington, D.C., you better damn well believe Washington, D.C. operates on profit, yeah. pure profit and only profit. Well, so and, and, and in that context, can we talk for a second about kind of the the. Music in the age of Trump question. Yeah, yes. I think we've been well, talking about the business side a lot. I mean, that's yeah, the profit. Yeah. But, I do, but that's, but that's, I do that's think, the profit. Well, well, so yeah, well, so and, and that's it. What do we want? Yeah, right. Um, you I mean, were in year well, two. We've talked what's season that? two. Season two. We've talked. We've talked a lot about what, like, long, long. like the burden on on country in particular, right? As the kind of yeah, as, just as, the Timberlake. Just oh my god, I'm so not interested in that record. <laughs> You're I do so not, I do not need to it. hear fucking Justin Timberlake finding peace in the countryside. That is literally like. Live, live, living in a Budweiser commercial I mean, somewhere. He's either, he's either, he's uh, either I'll so mark it right now. I'll mark it down right now. He's either going to be Jason Isbell or Chris Stapleton. Uh, it's, it's, Those it's are his good. options. So, so you know, you know what it could also record. be? Stapleton's on the album. It could, oh, it could, it could, it it could is, also be not country at all in the same way that Katy Perry's quote-unquote political album this year was not fucking political at all. And part of the name of the album was Man in the Woods. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's, it sounds sounds a little skeevy. He's, he's wearing, I think, the same flannel shirt. Yeah, that I'm I so ready right. for this. I got I to gotta go see A Man in the Woods, too. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I'm going to go but, to the Man in the Woods concert. Well, I'm so ready for this. Yeah. I have, but, 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 but I do have a real quote. Like, okay, I think, I think country is going to have to figure some shit out. And we've talked about NRA and all these other problems they have i'm i'm not convinced that 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 rap is uh is ready for uh to live at the intersection of me too and trump from the standpoint that right i don't so you know i think we talk about rap as a political music genre and in some respects hip-hop is inherently political but mm. it doesn't actually do politics well not at all every okay so every rapper is guilty of me too yeah, I think even, that's, I think even, that's gonna. Be, I think there's gonna be. I even, think that, that reckoning Kendrick. is gonna. Yeah. Even Kendrick, who once said, "I want my dick to be as big as the Eiffel Tower, so I yeah. could fuck the world." Yeah. For seventy-two hours. Taylor Swift's favorite song. Yes, <laughs> literally, he yeah. has. This is the 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 most woke rapper. Yep. The guy that you're expecting. Okay, so Nas. Which album? Which album was it? this? Was might have been two years ago, three years ago, somebody like that. And everything was like weird sexual metaphors, and it was just over the top. I mean, we were talking about the future record. It, was <laughs> nah, it like wasn't. That. It wasn't some obvious either. It okay. was something you're just like, okay, okay. You went there, and then there's it'll come like, to me. It'll come to me. And then uh, like Nas's album is done, and it'll probably come out in 2018, and people are going to expect Nas to make all of the important political statements. This is also a man who cheated on two of his wives, and you know just is generally kind of a trash bag human when it comes to like relationships and relating to women. So yeah. he's going to be guilty of me too. Jay-Z had to create an entire album <laughs> as a mea culpa for his yeah. entire yeah. culpability in being a terrible trash bag human being. <laughs> so like, and then if you look at like women in rap, like Rhapsody is dope, but there's a notion in rap that women can only compare themselves to men. Rhapsody didn't get yeah. hot until it was like, she's the female Kendrick. Right. And then it's like, oh, but, you know, women don't have any power or agency. It's, it's in, a systemic entertainment problem, though. But, but especially in rap, where, like, 
I mean, if you expect rap to like win, right? So like Cardi B is the best rapper right now, like statistically. And her song Bodak Yellow is all about the fact that she like can buy really expensive Christian Louboutins because her money is not controlled by a pimp or a pusher or some horrible right. strip club owner. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but like that doesn't really make Hashtag you Hashtag not all strip club owners. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. So like that's the thing. It's like, okay, but that's 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 like that's like the smallest compared to like Bazoma St. John, who's like the you know, the Uber like brand, you know, like the the, the brand representative for Uber and they're like mm-hmm. and to say that like rap is in a place where it can do the work of leading in the Trump era is hard to say because it's not true. Well, like it can. Uh, yeah, right let, let me ask you specifically: yeah. like, what do you, what do you personally want from either rap or country, or like, what would you like to see? Um, well, they're different things. I mean, I think I think country has to figure out its its um, uh, it has to drop this kind of sheen of we're just entertainers and we're here to bring people together and not to bring people apart and so therefore White we can't talk about together. politics yeah right. yeah so so, um, so not gonna well, happen yeah but. no 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 of, of course of course it's not and then and then and they need to sort out their relationship with the nra right our friend sunny sweeney needs to figure out if she wants to be featured on the nra website or not and 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 what it means yeah. to be um, and her guitarist, by the way, I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, husband uh, Hartley, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Yeah, his Instagram is he's he's a he's a he's a woke dude. So I don't know what I don't understand what Sonny is doing on that on sure, that page. There might be there might um, be a check or something involved. But but but, but there's work. a point at which I mean I mean I mean country needs to figure out like the the people in country saying political things can't just be Jason Isbell, James McMurtry. Um, Margot uh, Price. Price, right, right. I mean, I mean, I mean. Frankly, like, like this is where the sort of like this is where the Chris Stapletons of the world could make a big difference. Um, dude cares about his weed. Jeff Sessions made that announcement today. Well, right? and that, like, that was your ding on on both part yeah. one and two. Like, yeah. that, that he could have said yep. something very serious about weed. Yep. And instead, he's just like, "Damn, I'm out." Yeah, Florida, <laughs> Florida, Florida Georgia line clearly love their weed. They don't. Yes. They you know they they they, they could be counted you. on to say something. <laughs> Um, I think, and and then and then to flip it over to 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 hip hop, you know, I I think I think what I worry is that is that hip hop derives a lot of its political cred from the idea that that in its in its kind of uh, when it went from being a a a strictly kind of underground thing to being mainstream, it was about shining a light on the rea- the sort of the underbelly of the Reagan years, right, right. and so. And so from the from the mid 80s until the mid 90s, it's sort of saying there's this whole universe out there of of things that have been systematically done to our uh, community. And we're just going to talk about them. We're just going to air it all out. But but, you know, Kanye saying George W. Bush doesn't care about black people is not is not an intelligent political thought. And, you know, that's a lot to put on. It's awesome TV. It was it was entertaining and it, and it, and it may very well be true, but that's but it's not gonna you know we um um you grew up the 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 Odyssey song yeah, yeah. right is is a great example of like how to do yep. um but I but I feel like because I was thinking about on the way over here how maybe the last truly truly political hip hop album that I think we talked about down here was maybe the score. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. which is political and kind of a throwback nineteen sixties. You know, well, you weren't here for Rhythm 70s. Nation, but 
Yes. Yeah. That was, that <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But that um, that's why Rhythm Nation, the, the best album in 2017, <laughs> by far. <laughs> Not I've, I've not not the 311s album, by the way, kids. No, no. Um, but I do, and 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 so I don't know. That's 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 maybe my contrarian hot take. Is that is that is that hip hop has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of credit for being a quote unquote political genre, but I don't think it's actually done politics very well. And and I and I and I think this is this is an opportunity. You know, in the same way that I want a good priest album because I want that kind of angry white hardcore whatever. Um, I also want to hear something very I want like the I want Antibalas's politics yeah on a hip hop album right I want the I want the Fela Kuti politics on a hip hop album like I want to hear right. I want to hear something well, that's You want not, the message amplified. Yeah and and I, and, and I want and I want something that's that's just more I don't want a throwaway line about Trump being a dickhead I know that I want I want yeah. you to I want you to write a song that showcases the anger because because here's the thing like the spotlight on on Compton or on Ward 8 like 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 we sort of we we know the stories there's 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 some purpose in reminding people of that and I'm not saying we don't need to hear those stories but but most hip hop artists who who are going to get coverage and and generate press are not necessarily living that reality anymore. Well, what about they're this? like they're like upper middle class people. Yeah. And, first, first of and all, in the same way that I don't get why Taylor Swift isn't angry all the time. Yeah. Well, I I also don't get why a a why a wealthy-ish hip hop artist isn't walking around fucking furious. Well, but but Taylor Swift blew she has uh, well, I've, I've been clear on this. Yeah. If you have a platform, you at least have to try to use it. Yeah. But in 2018, there's I think there's a different way to use it. First of all, I will say, if you think saying "fuck Trump" is a hot take, if somebody like coldest an artist, the world. coldest take in the world, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> this book coming out tomorrow, like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, okay, it might be, but it's it's entertainment at this point. Yeah, it is. It is confirming for the hundredth time what we all know about this monster in the fucking White House. Neither here nor there, but. But to that end, uh, I think uh, one way this can be accomplished is, and we've talked about hustle, we've talked about the industry, we've talked about you can do whatever you want, and, and I think, for me at least, what resonates is when an artist represents themselves as more human. And so, if you want, so like I'm listening to a uh, an album coming out, uh, a reggae album on Merge, which is weird, and. It's incredibly pleasing. Hmm. It's com- incredibly not impactful, but it's just like it's like okay, fine. But if I can find out that that person is Isn't like some Michael Franti nonsense or something, no, no, it's not, no. I'll, send it, I'll, I'll send it to you. But <laughs> but but so if, if I find out that that person though is incredibly active in something outside of that, I, I think it's a thing that back in the, in the days of of high entertainment. They buried what people did in their private lives and advocacy like that and politics. Like, oh, it might hurt your career. And I think the move isn't necessarily like it's hard to write a good political song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, without it being hokey. So I think the move isn't necessarily like if you can do it, do it. I think the move is to make it very clear what your politics are and advocate for that and be very visible sure. and very public about. We're doing this for this reason, for this reason. Oh, by the way, 
check out our hit single, like, Drop the Booty. Right, right. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James can't play basketball politically. Right. He can make it very right. clear who, right. and that's, who, and that's, and what that's his exactly what I'm are. saying. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, I think the, the climate might be right for that now um, because it's so super saturated. Uh, you know, our friends April and Vista. Yeah. I don't expect... Uh, a political album or tracks from them or at all. Yeah. I I would be very disappointed though if in interviews uh they're asked about stuff and they don't explicitly right. come out and talk about it. I think that there's I think that the the biggest thing about like music this coming year is that there and especially like creativity and expression is like and this is something I've been using in my writing. It's like there's so many other things that are ancillary things that have occurred because of the political situation that are amazing topics to talk about. Mm -hmm. It was negative two degrees like three days ago. (laughs) Yeah. That has a lot to do with Donald Trump being the president of the United States and the fact that we have relaxed all you know we have relaxed well, all in, environmental in, standards in, in 10 years 20 years it will, it will right. have a lot but to yeah do. but but you know but i mean if a lot you, to do with the people who got him in the office right exactly yeah. so like we've relaxed we've relaxed environmental standards to the point where it is negative two degrees on like the set on like the you know like in the first week of the first two weeks of winter there's gonna be a whole different type of drilling in ocean city am i right fellas? <laughs> <laughs> sorry hey, oh. I mean, oh. But that's what I mean. Like, oh, no, if, you, like, if you wrote, he just okay drilling yeah, offshore. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's but what, if you write, saying, yeah. but if you write songs about the fact that it was negative two degrees in your house, yeah, and you also because your rent is so expensive, you don't have heat, mm-hmm. and because you don't have heat, and you see it, you have gas heat, you're eating raw food. Yeah, and that's the song. Yeah. It situated, like, right? That's, well, that's, that's, situated. that's a powerful yeah. song, and that's a song. And like to that point, like not not to get like too deep into it, but I saw a a uh, a wonderful tweet, which is not something you'll hear anybody say too often. Yeah, uh, but say, imagine if the uh, you know these communities are impacted by this storm, uh, knocked out electricity, and all this stuff, and the hurricane stuff have been left like that for like sixty days. Yeah. Like like imagine talking about yeah. Puerto Rico, yeah, right? You know, and and. Like you could write albums about that betrayal by our government. Yeah, I'm. I I mean, okay. So like tropical bass music, umbatone, whatever, dimbo based pop music is a thing. And you know, Ed Sheeran made a horrible song, "Shape of You." It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is that at the same time, J Balvin did "Mi Gente," mm. which yeah. which Beyonce jumped on and made my heart go flutter. <laughs> Like, I think that's a that's a genre that people don't talk about, and that's the thing that people don't talk about. There's a bunch of Puerto Rican artists. There's a bunch of artists in the Caribbean who literally don't have homes or electricity, yeah. or don't have the ability. The only thing that they can do every single day right now is write really amazing songs. Like that's I think that's the thing that we missed in the contextualization of last well, year. It gets back to the thing like people are going to art no matter what, right? But yeah. I, but I think yeah. that that's the thing we missed the contextualization of last year. Is that there are people in the world who are who are far worse off than Americans are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far worse off, like, and that's where I think people need to look. If you're looking for like the good political music, I'd look to like Puerto Rico. I'd look to like 
Oh, I think even I think even just the good music. So I mean, it's no secret that uh, and Noah is going to be down here. Noah Berman from yeah. uh, Fauna Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've gotten like more deeply into jazz, and and more and I are enjoying yeah. some tweets and stuff. The uh, uh, Rich Porter album. I, I don't think you have it yet, but it's no. fucking. It's basically like proto Kamasi. It's all them in in this guy's basement. Yes, oh. I love and it. It's fu- and, and but it's not even just like people better worse off in the world uh in other parts of the world it's in our own communities right you know that listen to that other stuff that's not like jazz came up out of struggle blues came up out of struggle, struggle. Uh, yeah. and you i mean i've reconnected with the blues even mm-hmm. because i'm just like but in a way that you have to look at the community around where that specific right. type of blues is happening if gregory porter and, put out a record this year yeah mm-hmm. Just gonna put his name in the conversation because that Nat King Cole record last year was amazing. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny not to, not to, not to blast People. more, but more was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling that. But but here's why it was amazing. I love you, man. But here's, yeah, here's man. why here's why it was amazing is because it it was celebrating like this massive part of our culture. Mm-hmm. It's all there, like... and in a way that wasn't like cynical. It wasn't like anything. It was fucking. It was perfect. It was just like, it's like, oh my god, dude! He could have done anything he fucking wanted to at that point. Like, there's people like, okay, so like on on the topic of like other stuff to look for, like look to your older artists. Like mm-hmm. Mavis Staples put out one of the best records of 2017. Yeah. The best. She is Mavis Staples. Yeah, she's seventy a trillion years old in some people's minds, <laughs> but she put out the best record. Yep, she put out a better record than Katy Perry. And you you want to talk about how synergy of how people are, are being woke or working together? Yeah. The band on that? Jeff Tweedy and Spencer Tweedy. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Woke up, yeah. you know? Like, it's so, like, and I mean, so it's like, and look, and, and, but, but, but to the point of looking at other places, like, Nigeria is in a wild situation right now. Brazil, they're in a, hor- a terrifying political situation. Anita. They, What's up? Anita. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Now, are you saying this in in, in response to, uh, and this may be just my bias, uh, we've seen dance and DJ music come up, and mm. like, and DJ music is a big part of like the DC scene and, and stuff, but but that's a lot of what we get from those parts of the yeah, country. but I'm saying or, that, parts of the I'm world. saying it only because, like, not from the DJ, like, I mean, it comes to me from the DJ community. But, I'll but listen I, to that before I listen to like. Right, but when I stop and think about like the stuff that okay, so like we've we've introduced all that's another thing about 2018 as well. We've introduced all this stuff into the pot in the last 10 years. Yeah, like there's all sorts of just crazy shit just in the pot now. Like you know, we we we, we brought jazz back into the room. Yeah, and it's here, and Kamasi oh, Washington is in the room. You know, we brought DJ music into the room, and Skrillex and Diplo just hang out in the room. And Skrillex is a musical genius, and Diplo will steal anything from anybody at any time. Yeah. <laughs> like, Drake is in the room, and Drake is the world's greatest, like, you know, cultural appropriator of Drake all time. Of all time. Drake is not good. He's Pat Boone, Elvis Presley good. Drake is not good. No, but he's Pat Boone, Elvis oh Presley God. good at cultural appropriation. Oh, my God. He really is. I judge you if you listen to Drake. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm saying, all these people are in the room. So all these cultures are in the room, uh-huh. and all these things are in the room, and all these places are in the room, and all this stuff exists now. Like, it's right in front of your face. So, like, if you're, like, sitting there, you're like, oh, man, like, it's it's just rap and country? Like, you you have to stop. Like, I got really mad at that, that Justin Timberlake article in the outline, 
Because yeah, I'm like, because yeah, I'm like, I got yeah. comically like stomping in the floor mad because I'm like, wait, okay. So you, well, you, you narratives are going to still exist. Yeah, in narratives are going to exist, but they're the wrong narratives yeah. because you have to understand with all this stuff in the room, country music is soul music. That's all it is. It's soul music for white people. Yeah. Just like it was in 1942. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what it is. Like if you're looking at like dance music, and you're like, oh yeah, it's just turnips for kids on Molly. No, um, because Nigerians and African, you know, like sub-Saharan Africans and people from, you know, war-torn countries and economic blight are all in but, the room. But it, it's not just for kids on Mali. It's a way for political expression to occur. Yeah, like, and, and I think people are, are, are slowly moving toward Like, our friend uh, Jason Mullinax, I've heard a little bit of what he's working on and stuff, and he is drifting more towards what people, what you're talking about, would could be referred to as world music. Right. And, it, and it's very... Uh, it, it takes in some stuff that you would expect in like honky avant-garde jazz stuff, mm-hmm. but then it moves into a different space because it's in uh, the room. You can you can play it because now. it's in the room, and it, mm-hmm. and, and, and like he's not afraid to do it. And so for artists, don't be afraid to do that. Like yeah. use whatever expression you have, but just don't we'll make say, the, just we'll don't say, make the Taylor Swift trap record. Whatever you do, don't or, make the Taylor Swift or trap maybe record. any more indie rock. Can we go with that? Yo, yeah, I'm not. That's the I'm. There's there's literally no. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm hopeful Stephen Malkmus will put out an album this year, and I'll be excited for that. There's literally no other fucking musician. Okay, that I want to David hear from, David Byrne so. is not doing Talking Heads right now. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. And Chris Richards is not picking up a guitar and doing Q and not you. He is at the Washington Post. Yeah. And if you and if you walk down the streets of Columbia Heights, yeah. you will actually run into Ian Mackay. Holding a child yep. and yeah. not like yeah. banging his head and trying to like start a riot. Yeah. Not, none of that shit's coming back. It's not. But you could do it different. You could do let, awesome let, new let different the, let stuff. Let the past die. Let, let the past die. You could do all What do you guys think about uh, this, this resurgence that finally peaked, I think, of, of 90s type music? And I'm talking about uh, bands like Wolf Alice and Charlie Bliss. You think, you think this is a trend that's going to continue? I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. No, I don't. I, and I, I just I just I just I just don't see a pathway to relevance for it. Um, I mean, you have to be re- a club, like a twelve hundred seat club. That's 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 fine. It's it's a it's not um, it's it's always going to be kind of a nostalgia piece. And if there are people our age who, who are who are like whose idea of escape is to listen to 90s sort of grungy fuzz pop like I'm so- I'm, I'm so who fucking is, sorry. Who is, for watch a Quentin Tarantino yeah, movie. For, for me, and... it was who was who was the uh, it, they the name was SP, uh, and they were basically a Smashing Pumpkins ripoff. Oh 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 oh. Um, it's uh, it, it is. <laughs> that was the end for me. Yes. I mean, I mean, oh my god, they sounded yeah. so much like the pump. They were like the, like their whole album was basically like, like speaking of gish. Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan owns the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, he does. That's what William Patrick Corgan does in real life. So, uh, so none of this stuff actually matters as, anymore. As we start to start to wind this down, I want to I want to talk about uh, this is something that now, Eduardo, you have experience with, but you and me, Mister Dallin, have a lot of experience with. Let's talk to the uh, the press here. The, oh, uh, <laughs> let's do that. Let's so, do that. <laughs> so I'm gonna we're gonna start zoomed out. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna zoom down in. Silver yeah. Sun pickups. Silver Sun pickups. Yes. 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 Uh, they really were so, a Smashing Pumpkins cover band. Yeah. So, in the minds of most musicians, I would think, 
there are different strata, but there are really only four or five outlets that people. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork is the one. Yeah. Consequence of Sound. Mm-hmm. Stereo Gun. Mm-hmm. What's the other? What's it? I mean, okay, so Bandcamp to some extent, but AV Club. AV Club, yeah, sure. No, but Billboard maybe. Billboard, yeah. Billboard maybe. <sighs> um, but 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 so you have these uh, these big outlets. And we'll just tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you that's nice, but that's gonna, not that's I'll, not that's what your goal should be. I'm gonna cut the the, the whole okay. conversation even shorter than that. Pitchfork is the only thing that matters now. Literally the only thing that matters. Doesn't doesn't even matter. I don't think it no, matters. No, but no, but I haven't read Pitchfork for a decade. Okay, How about that. But, but I'll read it when you guys are. No, in but it. that's but that's you. The person that's not you. Okay. That we're trying to get to, like, do a thing. Mm. The only thing that matters to them is Pitchfork. Okay. Everything else is building up to Pitchfork. But yet the biggest complaint against the musicians have is Pitchfork. Right. But that's a problem with the music industry because we've, told, we've taught musicians that it's okay to be a contrarian. Right. And that's actually the best musician to be. Which isn't the case at all, because mm-hmm. the best musicians, statistically and even non-statistically, are actually people that get along with people and like people yep. and like industries and like doing like well industry. and succeeding yeah. and selling records. Because in your hometown, wherever you are listening yeah. to this, there are at least 50 outlets. I guarantee if it... Right. I, I don't care if it's a tiny thing. It's the fucking internet, dudes. There's some dude yeah. sitting yeah. around who has a shitty mm-hmm. blog that is playing... Four tracks a day that is fucking on this shit, and you think that it won't get you anywhere, and that's what gets you everywhere. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You have like you have to be willing to like accept. Okay, you have to accept that like the music industry is now a pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible pyramid scheme. Yeah. No, it's right. like a horrible pyramid scheme. So like, Pitchfork is at the top, and then like. The, the, the city papers of the cities that matter in America are under it. So like the Chicago Tribune and the Washington Post and New York Times and places like that. Yeah. And LA Times. Not at, not at, the, not at the, the LA's like, you know, not at LA's indie paper doesn't exist. And yeah, yeah, Jeff yeah. Weiss is a free, the best freelance writer in America. Like, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about all weeklies. They're all gone. I, I was, I was, but, I was going to raise that earlier they, in the context they, they of the DC They are all sort of scene, gone, but they yeah. also all – I know ours devolved into basically friends talking about friends, which is not to say – No, look, but that's – Look, that's, this is – and, and I want to be very, very clear about this. This is not to say that that means people aren't doing good work. They are. They are doing good work. Shout out to Matt Cohen but for working it, hard. He works hard. He works but, really hard. But, but if it's friends talking about friends, <laughs> like it, it becomes an echo chamber. We have a site in town, DC Music Download. Same thing. It becomes an echo chamber. You, Not Stephanie. How you doing? Yeah, that? and 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 these things are good, but you can't. But they fit. nobody can win, and nobody should expect to win. You have no. to be. You have to understand. Like there's an ecosystem, and that artists either the good artists that are going to win feed into it, and you all sort of work together right. and get it's, it. And and what I see is more that it's adversarial. Yeah, because, okay. Because, because you're not pitched for. No, because everybody doesn't understand. Okay, so, like, because America is capitalistic and, you know, nothing's a meritocracy, like, people don't people look at the pyramid and they get angry mm-hmm. about yeah, their position right. on said pyramid. And it used to be, and for 10 years, we, like, lied and told everybody it was a big, giant kumbaya circle. 
and everybody got along. And that the writer at Pitchfork, and the writer at the Post, and the writer at the Washington City Paper, and everybody got along. We all held hands and said kumbaya and made MIA a superstar or whatever. Yeah. You know, name your favorite artist that became a star in the last 10 years. Yeah. That's what we did. We got in a circle and said, hey, go become a star. But uh, no, that's not what it is now. I mean, because like, you know, the, the music, because streaming capitulated sales and profits to the point where it yep. turned into a sliver of a cent, then it became a, a pyramid. And now it's a pyramid. And people well, don't like pyramids because if you're at the bottom, you're at the bottom. And it's and it's unfortunate that that you don't really have that the sort of the the alt weekly is dead because I think the pitchfork backlash effect is way more real than the pitchfork as a positive effect. Right. Right. So and I th- and I and I think that's there's probably a demographic line there, but I think if you're above a certain age, and you hear that pitchfork is really into a band, like you eye roll so hard that you practically fall on your sure, side. Sure, but because it's because in general a, those bands are the ones that are making money because they're now uh, and that's they're and that's fine. Ends. And that's fine. But I guess my point is like you can't really eye roll, especially if you're a musician, because it is now that is a part of making it. That's no. part of your capitalist journey. But would you rather? Would you rather have Bob Boylan? Love and pimp your music or pitchfork. Well, Bob's pimp, Bob's pimping it up the up the the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. It's but unclear. I think it's unclear I think where Bob sits. You know, I, I I would say there was some uh, thing that came out that said, uh, <laughs> which is ridiculous because it didn't really matter. <laughs> like that, uh, a tiny desk concert got an artist more got an artist more than a appearance on late night television, which I can't tell you how many PR. Pitches. This is gonna be a good segue into what we're gonna talk about. PR pitches. I'd be like, so and so is on like late yeah. night with like, and like a lot of times in the past, like it's been like, yeah, they were just in my basement. Because <laughs> that's yeah. the because that's the thing that that happens when you get to the top of the pyramid. When you when yeah. your artist gets when you're an artist and you get to the top of the pyramid, then the top of the pyramid has like a has like a like a a like uh, what is it a um what is it days of yore. You pull it back and it. Yeah. The thing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, a um, what is it? Lever. Yeah. Shoots. I know the, what you're. You know, I know what you're talking about. In the air, you know. Like, what you're but, about. But, but and that's what it does. With, and that's what happens. You get all these opportunities off of that. You get to the top of the pyramid. Then you get like <laughs> slingshotted. But there you go. but here's the thing. Bob will correct me. Uh, I'm sure uh, if <laughs> if uh, if I'm speaking out of hand here. But one thing I realized in in talking to Bob is. You can't do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in watching him, I think you shouldn't do everything. And so what Pitchfork did was they tried to do everything. I mean, they succeeded. They got bought by mm-hmm. County Nass. They tried. To, you shouldn't have one outlet that does all the things or let you get all your information from. You should be a discerning consumer. Mm-hmm. And Bob just is like, yeah, I like what I like. And and doesn't fuck yeah, with it. Yeah, there's a there's a whole NPR music apparatus behind him that does their other shit. Right. But what he built the show on, and people forget it was around for like ten years before there was NPR music. And I think that's a really that's the model we need in 2018. I personally don't like the music that Bob puts forward. Like that's just I, I'm not an NPR music scene person. But right. the people, but the people who 
who latch on to an NPR promoted artist yeah. are going to uh, they're going to probably buy music. Yes, they are. <laughs> right. So not probably. hundred percent. They're, yeah. they're, they're way more likely to buy they're this affluent. album, the next album, and, and the one after that. Yep. Because they're not going to be distracted by whatever Pitchfork decides is the new thing. Right. And they, <laughs> right. And, and, so. and Pitchfork and, well, now, but Pitchfork is funny now because Pitchfork will agree with the Bob with the Bob statement. So like the the moment for me with Pitchfork, it's really funny because it's like somebody that sat on this couch. Yeah. Brianna Younger wrote the piece about Bodak Yellow being the number one song on Pitchfork's yeah. countdown yeah. of the top 100 songs of 2017. Billboard also said at certain points of the year that Bodak Yellow is the number one song of 2017. Rolling Stone also said that Bodak Yellow is the number one yeah. song of 2017. The Washington Post said Bodak Yellow is one of the best songs of 2017. Said at the LA Times, said at the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like and that's and that's unanimity to a level that's almost communist and scary. Where you well, have, to stop, where you have no, to stop and wonder. But that's the point of there's just no But you you know this and it's turn on turn on us. Like we we pass stuff around and, and, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. Like we hear something and you don't wanna I don't wanna fight with you, Eduardo. <laughs> like I don't wanna fight with you, Dal. Right. Like so if I say something I love something, like you're you're like Ten percent more likely to not just go fucking oh, there, all yeah, there's in. A, there's yeah. an effect. Yeah, but. yeah. There's an effect, and and so you you know we, it the stuff we get you know, are in looking at our list from 2017. I th- I think it was a great list. I think a friend of mine, Craig uh, Davis, emailed me. He's like, "What up, Pitchfork of the East?" <laughs> like, I'm nah. being, I was like, "No, nah. I was like, look at our list, man," and. You know, it it did cover the gamut, especially once you got out to twenty five, not just the first right. ten. Yeah. But at the same time, it did leave out a lot of what a lot of, a lot of other people were talking about. We, you, but they don't. They don't. You, I mean, Cardi B doesn't need us. Well, Cardi B Bodak doesn't Yellow, need us, but right. you also decide. Like, I think, uh, I know you decided as an editor of w- what narrative you want right. to like put out there, and like. What what is it worth advocating for? Like I said, Cardi B doesn't. There's no there's no use in Cardi B being uh, on a list that we put out or anything. But uh, you know, if like Skylar Goodass has an album coming out next year, yeah, like there's a lot of use in that yeah. because it's not going to end up in anything because Cardi B is on their list, right? right. Like I mean, and, yeah, and 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 that and that type of of thing, you know, going down the pyramid, I think. Artists need to realize that, like every step along the period, there, I got a fucking notification today that fucking Eric uh, from uh, Fruit Bats, Eric Johnson, mm. uh, a song of his last album got paid ten million times on Spotify. That's awesome. What the fuck? Like wow, like That's... ten million people okay. know Eric's music now, and <laughs> like. Or one person knows it really well. <laughs> 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 Ten million oh, times. Fuck it, Eric. <laughs> so no. So okay. So there's a there's a real point to be made again about how to be independent sustainably. Yeah. And again, getting back to this rap corollary. I'm gonna I'm gonna this, this could be my new like the rap callback. Yeah. This sure, year, fine. by the way, fine. I'm just get, letting everybody know um, because it's the only answer. Okay. So like, Master P wasn't getting covered by anybody. Mm-hmm. Like. Michael 5,000 Watts was a literally unknown producer. 
but they did numbers and moved people moved to people. the point yeah. when everybody had to go. Why are why is there a million dollars in Galveston, Texas? So, how did that even happen? And who are the people? We have to find them, and we have to like do something with that, right? Because Jesus, it's happening. So to that point, though, uh, we'll move on to the uh, our, our friends, the publicists. Mm-hmm. Um, seen a lot of good ones. Seen a lot of bad <laughs> ones. I, I've seen I've seen some go from being an intern who's really good to being the head of PR at Matador, who's not she fell into like some. What happens to PR people? Uh, you, you know, you have to understand if you're a band pitching to a PR company, uh, you, I don't even know how to pick the good ones because I think it depends on who you get assigned to you. I think it depends on, like, it obviously depends on your product. Uh, but, you know, when we have people at, say, Big Hassle emailing me about Roadkill Ghost Choir when they're literally sitting next to me in down here in the basement like it's you know artists pay for that and so the question is like should artists pay for uh this stuff and and i i don't i still don't know because the good ones understand that your job isn't done by just hitting up pitchfork finding a writer at fucking wherever mm-hmm. the the highest visibility stuff the good ones know that you do dig deep into you target cities when they're on tour. You you mm-hmm. you take a look at like who's covering music. You look at at uh, the type of music they like, and you don't stop with one band. You you get all these other bands. And if they don't, and this is the best relationships I have with publicists are these. They're okay if you tell them you don't like it. Yeah. And they just and they'll be like, well, maybe like this. They learn. They understand. It's a sales job, right? Is is all it is. It's not public yeah. relations. It's a fucking sales job. They are they're they're you're putting your trust as a band in the hands of these people, and unless honestly, I mean, I think it's unless they're a honest to god music lover, then it, it's a complete fail because I can I won't reprint just <clears> even. <throat> The emails in my inbox from when we were on break, but and Marty, you seen them, and, yeah. it, and it's just yeah. like it has nothing to do. What, what was the phrase yesterday? Oh God, uh, quietly plunking guitars. Yeah, it's just like really, you do even know what a guitar sounds. Okay, yeah, yes. and, oh, yeah, and 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 so you know that is that God. that that's going to be a big part of going in twenty eighteen. I unsubscribed to a hundred lists this morning. Okay. So so. Uh, so as sorry, some... remix artist. You're yeah. not getting talked. <laughs> I should say too that um, I have some, you know, uh, because we sometimes um, when we reach out to an artist that we want to cover, we're sort of pitching them. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. so and so I feel a lot of sympathy for this because I'm sure my emails to artists are basically like, "Derp, derp, we have a podcast." Derp, 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 derp. Yeah, no, 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 it is. Do, it is. Do you like beer? <laughs> it is. Like, no, it, it it absolutely is. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, it, communication is hard. Yeah. Right. Just in general, yeah. Yeah. it's fucking. Good. It's hard, but but what you find. And what I've found over the years is that the people who are the best communicators and are most open to communication are the best artists. Yeah. So, like, Miles Mosley was not derp, derp, derp. No, it was just like, no. we're doing that. And yep. it's like, oh, shit. 
He's mic's so, on. I'm ready to talk. So I'll make, a, I'll make a point here. As someone who has done PR in the music industry, the real problem with all this, and and it's funny, and I, and I was like, I was like weighing it back and forth. I'm like, do I say this? Do I not say this? Do I say this? Do I not say this? I know a lot of PRs, and they're gonna yeah. hate me for saying it, but fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, you don't. So I said, all right, I'm gonna say it. Um, the music industry in the last five years has become controlled by lists yeah. and spreadsheets. Yeah. So the real people that the real winners, the real MVPs in the game, the people that win. As PRs, or people who have the best, like, click to open to publish ratio because their spreadsheets are the best. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's a spreadsheet game. And you plug an artist, artist who just makes music of, of dubious quality sometimes, into a spreadsheet. And it shoots out onto a blog. Yeah. And then I see it. And then it does what it does on magical Spotify countdowns. You know who's amazing in that? And, and I won't name the company, but the, 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 is the only person who's amazing in that? Trevor? Yeah. Trevor DeBrow, yeah. R- Run the Jewels? Yeah. Hmm. And, and No, no. Oh, God. Thank you for... And he's, and, he's, and he's the type... And this, this, is actually, this is actually something I've loved this past year that I want more of this year. Uh, Matt and Maurice are out covering the stuff live, uh, and, and that's where most of the work gets done mm, with this. Right, uh, where you have, but <laughs> when people check in and be like, "Hey, where?" It, and it's because it has to go on that spreadsheet, right? But that's okay, yeah. I think, because it lets them know that they were right to dig deeper, right? So like if you're, if you're sure. looking into DC, I, I would love to be like egotistical and think like the first thing you should see is us. But that's just not the case. You're gonna see brightest young things. Right. You're gonna see DC music download because DC's in the fucking name and that's the only reason. Right. And then you'll find like the best reviews, which yeah. is us. But so so it's funny. It's like um it's like the the reason why Trevor and Under Jewels is an important thing is like Trevor DeBrow who's a music industry PR, a vaunted PR. And in Pelican. Right. A badass fucking metal band. Yeah, so like, so Trevor took, he was given the music of Killer Mike and LP, who are not mainstream renowned musical artists on any level. Because people, and, and he literally just like put it into the spreadsheet and shot it out of a cannon. And because it said Trevor at net, Yep. It started to get picked up. Yep. And it started to get traction. Then people who like music are like, holy Mary mother of God. How did Killer Mike end up in Rolling Stone? Are you, do you guys know who Killer Mike is? Are you aware of what this is? And then all of a sudden the music industry had to retroactively stop and go, oh my God, we did a thing right. Yep. Oh my Jesus, we did a right thing. Yep. So let's us push it now. It was wild. It it was it was literally wild because it was like it was usually you would get good stuff and then it was just like what's that? Uh, uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> and and it was and it was funny because I'll never forget like it still to me it cracks me up. People reviewing Run the Jewels like they were like brand like a brand new act. Yeah. And people being amazed that like this brand new rapper from Atlanta was like <laughs> so great at rapping. How could this rapper even exist in the world and be this good? How could the producer be that good? Yeah. I've never heard of him before. 
And then it's like, did you do your homework? Because if you did your homework, you would have known it. This is like mm-hmm. obvious. But then by that point, it was already gone. So it's one of the great subversive like yeah. victories. Well, and and, of and, PR. and people like Trevor will actually, if you if you ask, he'll tell you. They put a lot of work. They, you know, there's a lot of bad press releases. His are not bad, and and he puts a lot of work into it so that you have the information you need. Uh, because he understands, I think that it is a uh, literally like maybe you'll catch this, you know, maybe it'll hit your box, maybe you're not and stuff. But yeah, it's 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 a very uh, when you have people like that in the industry, I think there's hope. And I and like I said, I think that's because he was a musician. Yeah, he knew. So it's he, he know he knows how it hits, and he knows how fucking right to do it. Like it's it's. I mean, not to continue to say the history is the best or whatever. They have a lot of great PRs. Like so. Dana Myers is my favorite person there mm. because Dana's like an OG Dana's of good. like of like dance music. So like when I was coming up as a dance music writer, she kind of figured out very early on that like I kind of had knew what time it was yeah. and she knew what time it was. So like when actual good music would come along, it would be like, Marcus, here, you might like listening to this because it's actually good. And then it was like, ooh, I mean, she knew it was going to blow because like she was sending it to everybody else's blog and it was like. Okay, so like the context that that I valued was not valued by these other people, and they would just write it up like, "Oh my God, this is astounding! Yeah. Can you believe that this actually happened?" And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "Well, I mean, you understand why it works, right? Like, right? Like, you you get it, right? Oh, you don't? Okay, well, did you do your homework? Are you like aware of what you're writing about, or or are you just doing this for backstage passes? Like, let's just get this straight. Because if you do it for backstage passes, then like, when and that's another problem too, that too many people are in no, the it's industry." On our end. Totally not want, us, but that, that right, they yeah, want the backstage pass, and so it's like, oh, I'll just write it up, and then it's like things just pass along, and then when you get it in the hands of somebody like me, and I Why? break it down and do the math on it, then it's like, oh God, well that's that's actually great. We did the right thing. I mean, look, I, I, I like I'll appreciate like being able to stand in the pit when I'm not being a photographer for uh, Anderson Park, right? <laughs> oh. Whatever, yeah, you You're welcome, you brother. Do that. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll appreciate that, but, but, what point? Like, why would I want to fucking like? Uh, can you? Can we go backstage? Yo, like, I want to see what's up. Real, real. He's been yeah. touring for like four real months, talk. and I bet, I bet yeah. he's ready to talk with people. Man, yeah. real talk. Like the 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 cupcakes at the nine thirty club are delicious. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are delicious, and they're plentiful. If you're like with an artist backstage who doesn't particularly like sweets, mm-hmm. and there's like six cupcakes there. You're a fat yeah. kid. You'll eat three of them and just walk out like <laughs> nobody said anything. And um, it's cool. Yeah. So, shout out to A Track. Yeah, because he doesn't like sweets. So I ate three cupcakes that night. So I guess you know we, delicious. We did. We did. Talk, we talked a lot about the business. Talked a lot about our scene. We talked a lot about um, cupcakes. Cupcakes. It's an thirty club. What? We didn't. We didn't talk about fish, but we'll. <laughs> we'll That's coming. We'll, 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 we'll get to that later well, this year. Well, and and this maybe this maybe I'll maybe I'll wrap this up and and include them here um, because I think I know what I know. No, no, I know what I what I wanted is is just not necessarily. It's not a specific type of music. Like we are looking forward to this month. Uh, we are going to be well talking about Hall and Oates. Uh, we're going to talk about a new album from First Aid Kit, which I quite like. New album from Tune Yards. Uh, we're going to be digging into a bunch of local music and local. By local, I mean maybe DC. It might be fucking Austin. It might be bumfuck Kansas. 
I don't care where it's from, uh, as long as it's a good song. And uh, and but my hope is being twenty eighteen a more hopeful year is that it is a more um, conducive ecosystem that all these parts that we've mm-hmm. been talking about understand how the world can be a better place if you just first of all I mean this this is just the going be nice don't be an asshole be nice right and that if more people start to get on board with this we'll see I mean that look that's great that you're making a fuck ton of money off every show at the anthem it doesn't do dick for any of us right it doesn't and for an industry or a company that used to hold a place in the community that simply does not anymore, uh, it'd be nice to have that back. I don't need it, but mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have that back. And, and you know, because what we learned last year is that we all do need each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah there's, this no, there's no alternative. Artists, yep. venues, mm-hmm. bloggers, journalists, whatever the fuck, podcasters, whatever you fuck you want to talk about, we all do need each other, and and it's, it's all we've got, according to Father John. Mister. It is, it is, and <laughs> uh, and God you know, I I would like to see that going forward in 2018, regardless of what. I don't care what music gets thrown my way. Whatever resonates is going to resonate. Whatever you guys resonate, like we're going to talk about, it's like it. Music is just good, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not. It's not like we're like, man, the fucking 2017 sucked. Music was bad. There was bad music, but it was but music was just good. But uh what I wanna read is is really sums up I think um what we want out of twenty eighteen and and this covers how you should take um <laughs> how you should appreciate your music, I think. If you can't if you can't look at it with a little bit of joy, then what the fuck are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Uh how you should think about when you book stuff. Uh, you know, is does this person have joy? Do you want to share that? <laughs> how you should how <laughs> yeah. how if you are a PR person, you should pitch stuff, um, <laughs> and uh, and and honestly, how you should make music. Uh, I think we we we're gonna go out on a track, um, and I think we all love this. Uh, we received an email. God bless. Just the other day. Uh, God bless the. Uh, Unsolicited, and uh, he skipped past our uh, our submission form. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. No, it's, in this case, it's space absolutely time. Space okay. Time continuum. Yeah. Space time continuum. Uh, the title of the email was "Power of Zorg." <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, I am Zorg, and at last I have made a song, ellipses, <laughs> that people actually like. <laughs> Observe the video. <laughs> For Jesus was an Eva plot pilot by Power of Zorg. <laughs> so far, the response has been so positive. I think you would be a fool to miss it. I'm not here to make anyone into fools, so I'm going to have to ask you to click it. <laughs> Any help to spread the word is greatly appreciated. By now, in all caps, I am Zorg! Exclamation point. That, yeah, my friends, is, that is what we want of pitch. 2018. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to play a little track for you. Uh, Jesus was an uh, evil pilot, and uh, we will talk to you in a few short days. Thank you guys for hanging out. This is is good to be off break. Here we go. Power of Zork compels us.